Gotta clear out the past. Make way for the now, possibly the future. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Sneaky Dragon. My name is David Dedrick. And this is uh, Ian Boothby, and I'm closer to the mic than I was last week because I was too far away last week. You were too far away last week. I'm just getting distant just in general. I'm orbiting the show, basically. (laughs) I kept thinking, did Ian fall down a hole? Mm. So there's that in, a, in uh, hole some in the ways, okay. yes. Some ways, no. <laughs> I meant, I meant a literal hole. Oh, sure, all right, fair yeah. Good. The figurative hole is always here for us. But that's right. The the original title for the show was the figurative hole. That would have been a good title as well. I did. I do want to apologize. You were mentioning that I didn't uh, lay out uh, the candy that I normally lay out for you mm-hmm. before the show. Yeah. Uh, the sour uh, sour patch kids. Yes. Um, which uh, oh, that TV show was great. The old sour patch yeah. kids. Just like they were like they well, were like the cabbage patch kids, but really grouchy. And just complaining that like things aren't like they were in the old days. We all remember the controversial tops uh, cards, the tops trading cards of the Sour Patch Kids. Yeah, yeah, those were very shocking in in their day. Yeah, well, it was it was also you know they would do a lot of ethnic jokes, and it was like, what's this about? (laughs) You should you should know better even now. Sure, you know. Yeah, we all loved. Oh, anyway, forget it. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I was going to start making. I know anyway, the worst. The fine. worst of them were the pucker pals. <laughs> oh, oh, what were they, those? Oh, they, well, they would uh, they would uh, come come in and they would make everyone would be like so soured by them. Yeah, that they would, everyone would pucker up and then they would try and steal a kiss. Oh, and it would be like this is inappropriate. <laughs> oh, okay. And the only thing that would uh, defeat them was ethnic jokes. Because they'd go, these are really offensive, and I don't want to be part of this, and then they'd leave. <laughs> well, you know, for for characters who are all about kind of sort of uh, a low level har- harassment, yeah, uh, they have pretty pretty good ethics when it comes to ethnic. Yeah, so stuff. like they come in and they everyone go, why are why are my lips all puckering? Yeah, and they go, we've come to steal a smooch, and then they go, oh no, uh, how many Dutchmen does it take to make a phone call? They're like, oh, I don't know, part of this, and then they leave. <laughs> I don't want. I don't need those letters because it would be letters back then, and then off they'd go. Sure, sure, yeah. Ethic, ethically ethnic. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was. I was saying to you that we do have almonds, which you uh, rejected. The dry raw almonds. Um, Crazy of me. But uh, why I why I got turned on to almonds because mm-hmm. I know this is the story to start the show. Sure, with. Sure, this is great. Got to start with a grabber, and uh, this is. <laughs> we always open with our nuts. <laughs> That's right. Nuts forward is uh, our motto. First of all, start with talking about candy. That's that really is on brand, and then uh, something that makes no sense. Yep. Um, when I was in uh, London, England, when I was uh, when I was uh, working on a, th- a theater show in the West End. Wow, that's la dee 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 do. Oh, sounds, sounds fancy. yeah, like everything that sounds fancy wasn't. Um, but well, I've parked there. You've parked in the West End? Yeah, and it's expensive to park there. Yeah, Cost fancy. Sounds like some 30, fancy parking. 35 pounds for two hours. Right. and then But then... On a know, Sunday when it was free. But what you're paying for mm-hmm. is, you know, every few hours it's the changing of the cars. And they have those <laughs> guys right. with the big hats. They have the cars. They, the yeah, cars they, with the big hats. They, yeah. have the, they have the big big bushy hats on them come and they move around. Right. It was pretty expensive. And if you can annoy the cars enough to honk, then... Uh, 
you know, then it's parking's a scandal. Free. That's parking's, parking's free. free. That's we right. couldn't do it though. They wouldn't. They wouldn't laugh. No, they, they, wouldn't, don't they don't break character. Us. They don't. Uh, but no, there was a big push uh, uh, by the, I guess, the Almond Council of England. Sure. And so it was like, uh, take some almonds with you, and yeah. they and they were giving out these little tins of almonds, tiny tins. They're almost like little Altoids uh, things, and it was like, keep this with you, and when you yeah. want a little snack. Have uh, have some almonds, and so I was trying to uh, stay in shape, stay fit, because I had to do uh, a couple of, uh, like show every night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I was like, oh, I'll have these almonds, and I got hooked on snacking on almonds. Wow! And then later on, I found out uh, Barack Obama had whatever eight almonds a night. It was like this controversial thing about like he had only eight almonds a night. Like it was something he would do before bed. All right. And it was like oh, fancy man, but it's eight almonds, and I don't know. Because, you know, everything makes you mad when you're an asshole. Sure. So I was like, oh, how dare he have eight almonds? I don't know. What's the right amount of almonds? Twelve? <laughs> I don't know. People who are, uh, new, what do they call them? They're like a, a numerologist, I guess. Okay. They're very upset because of the wrong numbers. Because eight almonds would be, that's good luck in, in, uh, in China. Oh, that's what they're saying. That's in the pocket of China. A pocket, was, a pocket yeah. of big nuts. <laughs> Yeah, and then he would always say, "Put your best nuts forward," and I was like, "Ah, we should use that as our slogan." <laughs> That's right. We were very influenced by Barack Almond Obama, mm-hmm. his well-known middle name, mm-hmm. a nickname, right? Almond Nutsy. <laughs> Nutsy. No, I do. I do enjoy. Uh, I do enjoy an almond. I, I can't deny it. Um, so, so there you go. But I, I also enjoy a sour patch candy. I apologize for not getting you those. No, it's fine. And it's and I own. normally also I get you a nice big uh, Coca Cola. Sure. Uh, the only ones they had were micro cokes today. So mm-hmm. you're micro dosing with Coca Cola. Well, they're very cute though. They're yeah. Little, little little tiny bottles. You could drink two at once and not uh, notice. <laughs> So anyway, that's what uh, we've set the table for what the show is like today. So there's no candy. Yeah, no candy. Though we are probably going to see a movie later, so there may be candy then. Who what knows? do you mean, probably? Well, I don't want to. You know, oh, we don't want to be definite about it. I don't want to be definite. About it. Okay, we're going to see a movie later. <laughs> there you go. Um, it's you... A, it's sort of a Marvel movie, but it's so we don't have, but but it's not really a Marvel movie. So you don't have to. We don't have to do that thing about how we're saying we're not going to go see it because you know we will go see it. Which started with uh, the Hobbit. Did we say that with the Hobbit? Well, I said that. I said I would never see that movie. Then, and then when we finished the show, you're like, "Oh, uh, Pia brought tickets for the Hobbit. You want to go?" I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> so we went and saw the Hobbit. Well, I apologize. So for, yeah, that's I where it started. started. That's where it all started. Uh, what I find kind of amusing is that um, uh, the new James Bond movie opens today as well. Ah, it's September 30th. It's okay. Go tell me your thing. I just kind of find it funny that we're not going to see that film. That's getting a lot of. Getting a lot of acclaim. Oh, is it getting acclaim? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's getting big, nice reviews and stuff nice. like that. Which is interesting. I have not, you know, I'll, I will go see it, but I have not been a big fan of those movies for the last little while. Do you not feel, and again, this is just how I feel, so you, there's no reason you would have to feel this way, that you've already seen it. Like, I've seen the... Well, you tra- could say that about every movie you No, 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 no. I, 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 I haven't seen trailers for every movie for the last two years. Okay. That have been like over and over again to the point where I'm like, yeah, I get it. Like, oh, I haven't, I haven't seen any trailers for it. Okay. Except well, for the theater. I saw, I saw a couple of the theater. Right. But. So, like, I've been watching trailers for this for, like, two... It, listen, this is how long ago <laughs> I started seeing trailers for it. Yeah. When when the trailers started, uh, one of the co-stars in it was in my wife's TV show. Okay. That's how long ago it was. Yeah. And then that all changed. And yeah, they, yeah. Then they did a whole TV... And now that show's on TV. <laughs> and it's the uh, number two streaming show in Canada. We just found out that out today. Hooray. Uh, number uh, number ten worldwide on Disney Plus. Why? Yeah, the Last Man. 
Very good. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it, I've seen the trailers for so long yeah. that I've written it in my head and I get it and I understand <laughs> what this whole thing's about. Okay. You know, I get, I get what it's. Sure. I, I can't see going in there and like there being a big surprise and me going, oh, oh my. Oh, well, James, oh. But uh, well, I, to be honest with you, that's not why He adopts was. a child. Like, <laughs> that would be interesting. I, I don't go to James Bond films for the surprise, but I go for the, for the familiar elements of James Bond that we all, we all love. I like, okay. I, the gals, yeah. the gadgets. The gals and the pals. The gals, the gadgets, and something else that starts with G. The girdles that the actors <laughs> yeah. wear. Like Roger Moore, famous yep. for his girdled James Bond. Sure. He keep, keeps know. it tight. Well, fights Jaws. When you're 70 and still pretending to fight, you got to have something, <laughs> something on your side. Well, you know, uh, now we got uh, Harrison Ford doing another Indiana Jones. So, hey, that's a young man uh, with the Roger Moore stuff. <laughs> Holy moly, that's fine. Yeah. Well, yeah. how old is Daniel Craig now? Oh, he, he's up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like getting into the Roger mm-hmm. Moore. Uh, that's why he's stepping out, though. Is that right? I think one of the reasons. Also, you know, He's you, you do it for so long, and then that's all you do. And he looks like a guy who likes doing uh, goofball roles, and yeah. he's got the knives out thing now. Oh, so that's, that's great! Good. He was really good in that movie. Mm-hmm. He had a fun time with that accent, and, and everything. he seems to enjoy an accent. Don't blame him. It's a, I think it's an easy way to get into a character if that's what you're. You know, it's kind of like this. It's almost like being given a particular suit of clothes. You know, and you're just kind of like, oh, I get it. This is the character. I know what I'm going to do. I've got this accent. And I thought it did, did a very good job. And I think you're right. I think if you look at his career pre-Bond, uh, the films that he made were all kind of different and very interesting. Yeah. Like, L- one I can think of Layer Cake is the one I can think of most mostly. But yeah, I think he did some interesting work. And then he's tried to do other movies during the Bond time. It's very hard, of course, because you're so busy doing Bond right. to clear your schedule for other movies. Because, you know, they have to have a schedule as well. And so everyone's trying to coordinate. And can we get Daniel? Can we do this? Can you know? So, you know, he's done a, this and that, but it's hard because your your career is overwhelmed by this one thing, this James Bond thing, you know, no matter what you do. It's kind of like Hugh Jackman with Wolverine, like no matter what he does, you know, no one's going to think he's the greatest showman on earth. No, they're going to think, oh, that's Hugh Jackman. He's Wolverine, mm-hmm. you know. It's, it's also uh, too bad because you, you kind of want him to have topped at some point, you know, Casino Royale and, and none of the films really have done that. You know, no, I mean, Casino Royale been, was just yeah. a holy moly, what mm-hmm. the, this is great. Yeah. And then the rest are, you know, uh, different degrees of, that's fine. That's you know, acceptable. Do you know why? They're, because in all those other movies, he doesn't run in them. Casino Royale, he runs so much. He runs at the airport scene. Yeah. Then he runs chasing his car out of the, out of the casino or okay. out of the hotel. You know, like it shows a real, it shows a real um, active character in the film rather than the sort of passive character he becomes in the other films. Like, uh... Quantum was uh, solace. He's he's just kind of led through the nose through that entire film. He's very very not much of an agent in that film, like an agent of action or anything, right? And Skyfall's the worst one where he's just a passenger through the film because they create a a super you know like an omniscient uh, villain who can see all and know all and predict all, and it just becomes boring. And then also he loses, which is. <laughs> Which is a weird, a weird end of a movie to to lose. Right. Well, though yeah. your favorite movie has him kind of losing at the end. As mm-hmm. well, that's true. James Bond. That's true. Um, I would say but that's where I don't know. I find that more touching than they. Or the, this one kind of just felt like they're just kind of like, well, let's get rid of this actress. Yeah, it feels to to me mm-hmm. uh, that you can't really have him running. Well, well, there's two two things. One, you see him running, you immediately think Tom Cruise. That's his thing. So, but like, he does the, run all over the place in, in Casino Royale. 
What's yeah yeah no, I know but okay I'm, no, what I'm saying is uh, if you see him running now it would be like oh he's running like Tom Cruise runs everywhere mm-hmm. like Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible there's always going to be a scene where he's running for an extended period of time sure. on roofs or whatever and so it'd be hard when you see, if yeah, you saw Daniel Craig doing it to not put in your head oh this looks like he's not doing it as well as Tom Cruise because <laughs> this is Tom Cruise's thing um, but I think character wise. Uh, you know, when, uh, what's her name? Is it M? Uh, Dame Judy, Judy Dench is playing M in the, That's correct. the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, when she's saying to him, you're a blunt object, you're, you're a brute is what you are. Yeah. And, and he shows it, which yeah. is great. It's the old show. Don't tell, uh, when he's chasing the guy and the guy jumps through like a little area and, uh, and James Bond just runs through the wall. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, but he could not do that now. That would be wrong for him now because he was just the brute agent. He was just the blunt object yeah. agent who's see the thing, get him, yeah, bam. Like he's just going to run through things. He's going to punch through things. Yeah, he's going to do that. Uh, whereas then, by the end of the movie, he's James Bond, and James Bond has style. And James Bond would look and see a motorcycle and get on the motorcycle, and he would use the motorcycle. Whereas this guy, he's not quite James Bond yet in Casino Royale, but that makes him more fun. Yeah. Because it's more fun to see, as in a Batman movie, you want to see Batman trying to jump with the cape, and it's not quite working. And yeah. that's more interesting than him just, oh, I got a magic cape and I can float to this. Yeah. It's more fun to watch the. <laughs> You know, evolution of the character than it yeah. is to see the yeah. thing. But you no, know, he couldn't do those things now and be in character, I don't think. Mm. Mm. Maybe. He wouldn't be the, oh, oh, guy. <laughs> Whereas he is definitely that in Casino Royale. When he's in a fight in Casino Royale, he is fighting uh, with with everything and just grunty, grr. Whereas in the later movies, he's fighting with style because he is the fancy agent. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I feel with Jane, well, I feel my problem with the. Daniel Craig one. I just feel like they just never quite figured it out tonally what what he was or where they wanted to go with it. Well, it's an origin story. So, like, the problem is we're starting at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And it feels like with this one, I don't know what they're doing. But to me, it feels like they're going to retire him. Or at least in the last movie, it was like, well, you're getting on, James. You know, you've had a long run, James. What the hell are you talking about? He was just started as James Bond a second ago. I know it's a hard life, but... Well, how many missions? Like two? Yeah. And I was like, well, that's about it for you. The old sight's going and your liver's shot. And it's like, no, 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 no. Why are we going right to this? And now it feels like with this one, time to wrap it all up. It's like, no. When was the moment where like he's just in it and he's just the agent that we want to see him just do a goddamn James Bond movie and not fight his brother or fight (laughs) something, you know, deal with a very personal issue that he's got to work his way through or, you know, something. It's like, I don't, I don't care i just want him to be james bond gets a mission does yeah. the mission mission goes wrong stuff yeah. yeah yeah blows up a volcano gets the <laughs> fuck out well i think the to me the biggest mistake of this era was their attempt to universe the the james bond thing where you suddenly it's all about like some sort of coherent uh you know through line mm. uh through movie to movie which okay. which you know i don't think that's what we want we just want like a reset you know, like that's basically been the James Bond of the last well, however long it is since the 1960s. Yeah, or you 60 can do a years. soft thing. Like you can bring in again. I know he's not your favorite guy, uh, the Roger Moore, but you can you can bring in Jaws again, and mm-hmm. people go, "Hey, it's Jaws." Yeah, yeah, that's neat. Sure, but you know, it, yeah, you don't you don't have to bring him in every time. We're like, "Hey, remember Jaws? What's Jaws <laughs> up to?" Yeah, 
I mean, yeah, when you saw Jaws in in um, Moon Moonraker, you were like, oh, this this guy's back. This is fun. Yeah. You know, and then he gets like a love interest. You're like, oh, that's great. He gets a love interest too. This is fun. And I, and Blofeld, whenever Blofeld shows up in James Bond, you know, with the exception of you know the last one, you think I did it all. <laughs> Everything you did, you brushed your teeth Tuesday. We even did with Crest because I put that on the shelf. I don't, like, oh, I don't remember that scene, but what is? But what's good about Blofeld is that it's played by a different actor all the time. Yeah. there's never like a sense of like, and no one stands up and goes. There's a different actor. Like, you don't need well, to... And they also don't go, well, James, you might have beaten me the last three times. What? <laughs> Remember blowing up all the things and my lady friend and... It's like, no, yeah. no. We acknowledge you sort of know each other, yeah. but we're not going to get into... Yeah, it's just a reset every time. And so and so we don't need to retire Daniel Craig because James Bond is not going to retire. He's going he's gonna to return as James Bond. James Bond will be back as James Bond in the next James Bond film. Mm-hmm. And so we don't need to retire Daniel, Daniel Craig's James Bond because he's just going to morph into a different person and it'll just be a reset and it'll just start all over again. And that's mm-hmm. fine. That's fun. That's fine. I, I enjoy action movies. And because as a kid, my f- best friend's mom was a huge Sean Connery, James Bond fan. We were made to watch those movies by her because she was just such a big nut for them that we were just kind of like, you sit in the couch... And you watch this super long movie <laughs> where people are going to be like scuba diving. The first one I watched was Thunderball. So they're going to be scuba diving around in the water and it's going to be completely incoherent what's happening. And also James, Brown, James Bond's uh, bathing suit is going to, going to dry from when he gets out of the water and walks sure. up some steps. His bathing suit will be totally dry. Because otherwise you're going to see his wang. You don't need to see that. <laughs> well, you're going to see his PPK. <laughs> oh. Uh, so, yeah, it was, you know, so I didn't, you know, so I just have the kind of like, that early established interest in those films. And you saw them on TV. I watched them on television. On a small TV. I watched them on a small TV with the most terrible... Yeah, that's how to watch them. Because there's no no widescreen format in those days. So you just, you saw your pan and scan version and you missed, you missed everything happening on the edges of the movie. And what, and what it was, was if you watched television at night and watched, I don't know, whatever action show you'd watch at night, uh, I, oh God! Any show that I would mention would date me like crazy. Um, <laughs> but if you I watch a Miami Vice, let's just say, so you watch a Miami Vice, yeah. like, okay, that's fine action. They're chasing on a boat. There's guns, guns, guns. Yeah. But then you watch James Bond, you're like, ah, oh, that's yeah. that little bit better. Yeah. And it's just enough better that you're like, this is good. But you're not comparing it to anything else because what do you know? You don't know nothing. Yeah. You just know it. It's better than TV. And the movies were done with like a, a sense, a kind of sly sense of humor. Yeah. And you almost see um, nudity sometimes. You're like, mm-hmm. in the negligee, you oh, can almost oh, see oh, if this TV was me? better. Huh? If, oh, wait, where's <laughs> HD coming out so I could see this? Sure. No, well, yeah, it's close enough. And, uh, yeah. and, and he hated the Beatles. And that was also important. Yeah, he's old. He's old. he's old. He's an old guy. He's an old guy. Yeah. That's the thing. Like he's not of that generation. You know, he's not. He's not a young teenager. Like when he's not hip to the fads. In the sixties, the Beatles were for teenagers. Like they're not for teenagers anymore. But in the the sixties, it would have been a rare person who was like a forty year old fan of the the, the Beatles. And yet, and, and yet, yet, what if uh, if he had to go undercover and be a drummer in a rock and roll band, he would have been fine. Because he would have figured it out. And <laughs> yeah, he would have had it. to. Yeah, there'd be some device that would keep time, but then it would short <laughs> out, and he'd just start going a little bit faster, and then going, "Oh, Mike, uh, oh, you're going too fast." It was like, "You better keep up with me." Oh, okay, we will. And it was like, "Oh, you invented a new type of music. That's great." <laughs> and all the girls yeah. would like not care about the Beatles, and they'd all go for him. And they go, "Ugh, these guys with their long hair." Yeah. Ugh. 
We don't want that. We want the guy, old guy, a lot of crow's feet and uh, he, he invented the foxtrot. Slow, slow, quick, quick, slow, slow. Um, yeah, I just think that those movies. I just think they're fun, and I just I feel like the the Daniel Craig ones. We saw sort of a draining of fun from the from the concept as well. Well, it starts off with him losing the woman he loves, so mm-hmm. he's sad. Yeah. So, like the second movie starts off with like an okay action scene. It's terrible, but okay. You don't like the chase with the car? It's completely incoherent and has no geography. Eh, okay, fine, but. <laughs> But then, it, you know, it has a nice reveal where, you know, there's the guy in the trunk. I do thing. like that it picks up exactly where the movie before it ends. I just wish it had been directed by the same director or done, done fair, as well. Fair enough. Then as well as the first But one. it starts with him miserable. He's, like, devastated. Yeah. And, like, a James Bond movie should start with James Bond just neutral. Yeah. Ready to start a mission. Yeah. He's fresh and he's fresh. And, that, and he gets kind of broken down he, through the thing and then builds himself up. Yeah. He walks through the door, throws his hat on the the coat the hat stand and says something witty to money penny and then goes in and insults m and then proceeds to leave again and then he goes off and yeah and you go like i'd wants. like a door like that i like the door that looks like a like yeah. an ice cream sandwich <laughs> the quilted nice. the quilted oh, door nice that's a safe looking door that's a good looking door you like that's the kind of door that you want to like if you trip and you fall you want to yeah. fall into that door yeah exactly it looks i'd have a safe. bed made of that door you wouldn't mind if someone slammed that door in your face oh man you, you just feel, fall asleep would it feel great fall asleep on that door You'd be standing up. You'd be like, oh, man, the only thing to make this door better is a pillow at the top. What I would love to see in a James Bond movie is just like a... And, of course, you can't have it because why would you? Yeah. But, like, another one of the agents having a meeting with uh, M and just see, how do those go? And, like, you know... And, 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 like, if M is, like, giving the instructions, the guy's, yes, sir, yes, sir, indeed, sir, I'll do my best, sir. And then leaves and M is just like, I'm bored. I don't like this guy. I want the guy that, like, treats me like shit. It's a challenge. Yeah, and and how does Money Penny react to everyone else? Like, is she super flirty with everyone else too? And James, and then you find out James Bond is not special at all. Yeah, yeah, she just at all. She's got the she's hot to trot for she all just, the uh, or agents. she just knows how to work these fuckers. Sure, like she knows yeah. how to you know listen. She's got to get she's got to get the the pan heated before you know <laughs> it passes it off to M. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Get a little wood in the shed, and now let's uh, pass him <laughs> off to M. And now, you know, he's he's horny enough to do uh, any mission. Yeah. You know, otherwise he'd be like, I don't want to do that. That's dangerous. Sure. I believe. But I guess they're all they're all at varying various levels of like a sociopath or a psychopath. So yeah. you you know you do have to kind of massage their personalities to yeah. to keep them from. Well, like, their whole thing is they're bad, but yeah. you know the other people are worse. Well, exactly. You just got to put the person who's bad up against the person who's worse. Yeah. And, you know, if the person who's worse isn't around, then this person looks terrible. <laughs> you know? That would be a really interesting take on James Bond is that he's this completely amoral. Like, has no, like... I mean, he's already pretty amoral, but even more, like, even more obviously amoral that where it's just, like, troubling <laughs> what he'll do to, like, get, get the... Uh, Get the outcome. He well, we've he got wants. the context of we know the people he's killing are bad. Mm-hmm. Does he know that everyone's <laughs> bad, or is like he gets the instruction of like you've got to kill this guy? Yeah. Well, that's what I got to do. Like yeah. he never goes. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Not going to do it. No. Yeah, they're military trained. Right. So you're telling me that the government was always right about the person they were going to kill. Sure. <laughs> Whatever. Look, luckily there's a Wahaha supervillain, again, who's living in a volcano with a guy who's got teeth made of the razor blades and uh, a magic hat yeah. that will decapitate you. And so, you know, look, they're the villain. Good, yeah. good call. Yeah. This is fine. You know, and also, they're slightly disabled, which mm. means they're evil. 
They're evil. There's two ways you know in a James Bond movie if a person's evil. Yeah. One, they have some sort of disability, like a scar, or they're in a wheelchair. Okay. They got a cane. Yeah. Uh, you know, they got something. Uh, they got a pacemaker. And 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 two, if yeah. they might be gay, and if they're gay, they're evil. Look, yeah. they're evil uh, or uh, gay or disabled. Uh, James Bond has to blow up their home. All right. What are, what are the disabled ones? I'm just trying to think here. Oh, Blofeld. He's disabled because he has a scar. You mean? Well, he's in a wheelchair as well. Did you miss that? Is he in a wheelchair? He well, when they kill him, he's in a wheelchair. Oh, okay. I don't remember that. Okay, that's in uh, Diamonds Are Forever. Uh, Did they finally kill Blofeld? No, it's uh, for her, for your eyes only. I think. Okay. I think like I think he gets like uh, dropped into the shaft. And then it's for your eyes only, which is a weird transition, <laughs> soft romantic song after a guy in a wheelchair. Yeah. It's just been after, and the guy in the wheelchair offered him a, I think like a delicatessen or something. I'll get you a delicatessen. Yeah. I'm like, no, you die. You killed my wife. When? About 10 years ago. No, it's so weird because it's like the ultimate, like, because diamonds are like, I was watching an interesting video essay about this. I, mean, I think maybe I talked about it in the show, but the guy was just sort of maintaining like, what a different movie from all the other ones on Her Majesty's Secret Services in terms of like how it presents James Bond and how women are, are portrayed in it. It kind of it kind of differs radically from what was happening in, during the Sean Connery era. And then when when uh, the movie flopped, it didn't flop, but it didn't make as much as that one. It didn't it didn't top the one before it, even though. Right. Uh, to to you only live twice. Also, was a kind of an underperformer as well. Like there was some of the some of the glow was coming off of the James Bond franchise at this point. So it wasn't really the fault of for your uh, for on your Majesty's Secret Service or George Lazenby or anything. It's just this is a case of like you know the public hysteria was was dying down. But anyway, when that movie didn't do as well as they hoped, and Lazenby declined to continue on with the James Bond movies like a dum dum. Uh, <laughs> And then they brought back Sean Connery. There's a major step back in tone back to the kind of earlier movies. But the problem is, is it's kind of combines the 60s James Bond with a kind of 70s um, callousness. Okay. You know, so it's a bit of a different tone that way. You know, and so you're right. Like the character, uh, the two killers in the movie, the two gay characters, uh, Mr. So-and-so, Mr. So-and-so, yeah. who go around murdering people. And you're never quite sure what's going on. With those guys, but, but they are uh, good murderers. They're, they're they're very interesting murderers. They're fun characters. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're fun. I think one of them was Crispin Glover's dad, right? Plays oh, one I of think them? that's right. Plays one of them. That does sound right. But anyway, um, so yeah, so that movie was an intentional step back away from the kind of more forward in terms of James Bond, forward thinking on Her Majesty's Secret Service, where the the Emma Peel or the sorry the Emma Peel the Dinah Rigg character is uh is you know is more like um what's her name in that movie oh that's a tough one I can't remember anyway her character in that film is more like you know she has more autonomy and she's not just there as like a punching bag slash sex object for for James Bond you know and there's no scene where he like forces himself on her as there are in like the earlier Sean Connery ones which are kind of uncomfortable to watch now where you're just kind of like <laughs> didn't didn't she say no <laughs> like uh, pussy galore and um, yeah you know dr no means no would be a good uh, <laughs> dr. No means no. Uh, for your eyes only is where uh, blowfell died. okay yeah yeah because they do but they in the at the opening of diamonds are forever there's a scene where he's seeking blowfeld mm. and he's going and that's right and I, I can't but i can't remember the outcome of that it's been a while since i watched that movie yeah he thinks he he thinks he kills him but he does okay okay 
Huh. So then they decided to bring it back again for for your eyes only. Yeah. And, but I mean, it's kind of stupid, not, to, you know, just kind of ridiculous to like carry on. Like, if you're going to reset from Honor Majesty's Secret Service, reset the whole thing. Like, don't even, why, why is Blofeld like being as a, a vengeance thing anyway? It's such a, it's such a, it's such a, um, uh, letdown from the end of end of of Honor Majesty's Majesty Secret Service, which I find like a very affecting moment in the in the at the end of the movie there. And then you know it would be interesting if like the next film was about vengeance on, on Blofeld. Sure. But it's just like a it's just like the opening the cold open is just is that is as all they do. And then he just goes on to a completely different story. So it feels like it's just kind of sloughed off and then sloughed off even more when it's a completely different actor who who has the vengeance on, on a character that you don't even know what's going on anymore by this point. It doesn't make any sense at all. So Well according to the uh the, the novelization and the comic book, uh-huh. uh James Bond kills uh Blofeld on the tenth anniversary of his wife's death. Okay. So he took his sweet old time. Well, he had to find him. Well, the other thing is, it means James Bond has been James Bonding for 10 years. Yeah. So he's been doing all these missions in between then and then. Mm-hmm. So, which again, is weird. Like, you really got to do that kind of soft, uh, maybe maybe James Bond has done other stuff before, maybe he hasn't, but you want to just start with, mm, bring in James Bond. Yeah. 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 You don't, I know. Continuity. Continu- we don't need it. We don't need it for this kind of thing. Because it's interesting, like, We've talked about it before, and my fascination with the uh, director of of Golden Eyes and <laughs> Casino Royale, which I just find Martin, whatever his name is, I just find it so fascinating that he did these two, to me, really good debut films sure. for, for James Bond. Like the first Pierce Brosnan, because Pierce Brosnan has the same problem. The first film is great, yeah, and every other film after that is a step down till we finally get to the. Because you get, but but you get the the thing which is the we finally uh, get Jinx. You get well, you know, you get the introduction is the thing. Yeah, it's like we don't know what this guy's like. Yeah, like oh, that's neat. That's exciting. Whereas, like in every film afterwards, he's already, with the exception of uh, whichever one that is, uh, die die another day, I think. Die another day. Yeah, I think so. Uh, where he screws up and ends up in a prison yeah. prison camp and comes out with a beard and was like, "Oh, this is interesting." And then immediately shaves his beard and he's fine. It's like, "Ah, yeah, yeah. what are you doing?" <laughs> yes. But you want you want him yeah. to be. I don't know what this is going to be, and so you're interested. Yeah. And you're like, ah, oh, uh, okay. And then from every movie on, you're like, "Yeah, I know he's fine. He's yeah. just yeah, oh, fine. There he goes." <laughs> oh, what a thing! Pithy comment. Here we go. Oh no, the first woman I I had sex with died. Oh no! Oh my! I said. Oh dear! Oh, oh dear! Oh my! Try to remember her name in ten minutes. You won't be able to. And it was a kinky, weird name too. It was one you should remember. That's right. A lot of vagina, or whatever it was. That was probably a thing from. That was probably an Austin Powers thing. Now that I'm thinking about it. Yes. So yeah, I don't know. Whatever. I'm still looking forward to this film, though. Sure. I, I just like. I didn't know I like that it, it started. I honestly didn't know it started today. I thought. I thought it was October seventh. It opened, or whenever that is. And it's it's it, okay. That's next week. Yeah. I mean, it, whatever day that is. So I'm not sure October seventh is actually a good day any movie would open. Oh, okay. Wednesday, that popular opening date. I thought it opened sometime in that that part of of October. Okay. And then uh, at work, someone I was talking to my friend, and he's like, he's like, so. Are you going to see James Bond this weekend? And I was like, I, I don't think it comes out this weekend. And he goes, No, no, it does. I went, Oh, hmm. Well, now I know. So I'm going to try and see it this weekend. Only, only I'm helping my wonderful daughters move this weekend on Saturday. I am devoting a day to the moving, and I don't know what I don't know what Sunday holds. I don't know if I'll be there helping them set up stuff as well, make beds and things like that. Not 
make you know what I mean build the bed okay sorry it's people are saying you can also stream it but I, that doesn't sound right and why would you want to well, you know because you want to stay home I guess it just feels like that's the kind of movie it's that cold outside I think I want to see that movie on IMAX actually I think it was yeah. filmed in IMAX so yeah you, you get like a Marvel movie or a James Bond movie just you want it big uh I can take look we're seeing Venom tonight and uh <laughs> for our sins yeah I mean look mm-hmm. it's gonna be fine there's going to be well, there's going to be like yeah. three good scenes. Well, let's just say they improved the uh, the wig that uh, that um, Woody, yeah. Woody Harrelson had in the from the last movie. Like that that was obviously just like a slap on job just to get that that uh, that scene in there. Well, it looked like he was a doll that came to life. They filmed him on another movie that he was working on, oh. and like brought some stuff and just gave it to him. <laughs> they had him sit in like a dark area and just like. Say, say some words, and we'll put it into yeah, the movie. Yeah, and just make sure that you say your character's name at yeah. the end of it. I just think there'll be carnage. What? Did uh, you say carnation? Do you want yes. some instant breakfast? Sure. That fell that fell away. No one likes carnation and instant breakfast anymore. No one does? No, I think so. I think like you just get yourself some boost or something. What or if an you, insure. So you're saying if you went to the store, there'd be no carnation instant breakfast? I've never had any of those sort of things, but... Uh, okay, boost is good. I like that. Okay. Yeah, you, you just need something. You got to get that... Uh, you got to get those... Uh, you know, you got to have, have something for breakfast and uh. your tummy is all... Mm, I don't like it. And then <laughs> you have that. It's fine. It's like a oh, nice little small thing of chocolate that. milk that uh, you're out the door. Sure, well, chocolate milk's fine, but... I don't, you know, but this has uh, this has like vitamins, has eggshells, and yeah, it's got an eggshell in it. It's yeah. a lemon rind and yeah, a couple of cigarettes. Yeah, that's right. Cigarette butts in there. Yeah, all a couple of razor need. blades. Wake <laughs> you up. Need, all you need for a growing boy. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, my my response to that is why not uh, some toast and uh, cereal? But Just okay, obviously you don't have time to make toast and cereal, and you know you got to go. I guess so you got you're in your car. I guess and that's you got a go, 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 and then you got the boost, and you're done. <laughs> the other day, I uh, I set two alarms. I have my six, well, five o'clock now, five o'clock alarm, and then my five fifteen alarm. Because there'll be sometimes I'll get up, and Lisa's already awake, uh-huh. and so the dogs have been fed, and I'm like, oh, I got fifteen minutes. I'm gonna go back to sleep. So then I'll lay back down and I'll sleep till five fifteen. Hello, phone. And uh, the other day though, I did that. And then I discovered that I hadn't set my alarm, my 5.15 alarm. Oh, dear Lord. And I woke up, it was like 5 to 6. And I was like, whoop, got to go, because I have to be at work in an hour and five minutes. No breakfast. Not even carnation, instant breakfast for this poor boy. We do not have boost Are there any snacks at work? Is there a little snack uh, bar? Or no, a, there are a no... A vending sn- machine that has... Well, there is, not vending machine, but one, my, my friend at work decided he would, make a, he would open a store there. So he has a little shelf in the fridge yeah and it has some pops yeah some chocolate bars and then some chips and so you can buy a pop for a dollar okay chocolate bar for a dollar or uh, two bags of chips for a dollar so he goes to costco loads up that's uh, right this thing yeah brings them in and he made, he's made an honor bar he's giving you that hotel feeling that's right he's got like a little uh, box there you can put your money into right does he have like a, a glass jar of m&ms for like 15 dollars <laughs> no he does not okay that's <laughs> not the full honor bar uh feeling no, there's no really expensive li- liquors or anything like that, or like a, a seven dollar box, a oh bottle of water. Gosh, just imagine buying liquor at an honor bar. <laughs> like I have bought chocolate bars from there because it's just like, uh, what do I want? Do I want to go down to the gift shop? Is it open? Oh, fine. I can't. I can't do that. I can't spend that kind of money on something. Well, it depends how hungry you are. Sometimes you're just like, I've got to have those peanut M and M's. That's going to get me through things. I've never. So you're just going to like, you're just going to like lie in bed and just go, ow. <laughs> 
Ow. And then just uh, go to sleep hungry. I did learn at, at I was staying at the one of the uh, W in um Ooh, sexy w hotel <laughs> and uh yeah you gotta I, say that after you say the w yeah, hotel w hotel <laughs> i learned that uh, there were free apples in the uh the, the gym okay well let me ask how'd you like them apples they were fine they're oh. good apples actually good really good you washington state has some really good apples sir that's the uh, birthplace of the new cosmic crisp apple that came out i guess five years ago or so now what is it similar to uh it's based in kind of like a gala apple so okay. it's a, it's a it's like a sweet, crisp apple that's... Uh, it's an eaten apple. It's not a bacon apple. It's, but it's, what's good about it is that it transports easily. So it it's got not, a little handle on it. It doesn't bruise. <laughs> it's like a piece of luggage. It doesn't bruise easily. So you can like pour it into a bin and you're not like... Half your apples aren't dying. You can take a punch. You can take a punch. It's like James Bond. Yep. If he was an apple. Oh, there you go. James Bond was an apple. What would he be? <laughs> and all the villains would just be like uh, damaged apples because they'd all have... Uh, when I was saying they uh, are yeah. disabled, yeah. Uh, it's really all usually facial disfigurement of some sort. Yeah. There's some yeah. sort of bad scar or something sure. or their teeth are, as I said, razor blades. I don't... Or you're a mute uh, or you, your eyes bleed, you know, things like that. There's That's something... Weird. I mean, I have a big giant scar down my stomach, but... I would feel weird saying I was disabled because I had a big scar down my stomach. Well, you would not. It feels be a, like I'm stepping on some toes. No, you would not be a you'd not be a James Bond villain with with that. If it was on your puss, then yes. If you had a scar like down the middle of your face, sure. you would definitely be a villain. And my character would be puss galore. Ooh. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Splitsville. <laughs> Something along those lines. Yeah. If you're, uh, yeah. Sorry, that's just making me think of like Batman and how like you know all the worst villains in the world all you know dress up at least. Yeah, you know, even, even the you... even the clown wears a suit, huh. and like a clown would should wear like clown clothes, sure. but like he wears a suit. He, the penguin, yeah, he. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could say like a penguin's like a tuxedo, so it makes sense. But even Two Face, <laughs> that guy, yeah. I mean, not half bad. Like seriously, he's got like <laughs> half an amazing suit, and the other one yeah. is distressed, but it looks sure. it looks fantastic. I guess that was just a time where it was easy to draw a suit. Yeah, like, Riddler often wears a suit. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he's got a, question like, mark suit. a lot of question marks on it. But yeah. you know, he's got a tie. Mm-hmm. You, they all wear ties to work. Yeah, you know, they're like Hanna Barbera characters. They're all business. They'll take care of business. Good for them. They're not uh, sloppy. I think if I was a James Bond villain, I would be called N. Oh, why? I don't know. Just be very confusing because it would be like N, M, N. No one would know quite. You're one better than M. <laughs> one better than M, that's right. that's right. So in the James Bond world, yeah. uh, you know, I guess I'm going to do a little spoily for the last couple of films, or I suppose. Yeah. But there's like an uber villain, let's say. There is an uber villain that is re- revealed. It's just like, James, I was in charge of everything. Um, so is he the... I forgot that. Okay, well. That's, that terrible. Was, that's terrible. That was a big point. Uh, of the whole damn thing, uh, but but mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. what that could be, yeah, is uh, he could just become the M of you know the villains. Oh, I see. And just like you know, so set up your own anti-James Bonds and yeah. like train agents to be as good as James Bond, and then send them out to do evil shit mm. and like you know do the anti version of uh, the James Bond thing. I don't think they've done that. It's like the villain always is like. Has a lair and like one one good goon with like a little bit of a power, uh, one sexy lady, and then just a bunch of stiffs. And it's like, no, no, no. You've seen what works. You know, <laughs> copy what works and do that. Do the reverse of that. Do it well. Do it well. There must be some people that don't get hired by whatever MI6 or yeah. whatever they are. 
uh, you know, uh, pick them up and, you know, if they're ethically questionable and uh, hire them. Don't, uh, don't hire Dave Guy from Galax- Guardians of the Galaxy, wrestler Dave. Yeah. Dave Gabriel. Batista. G- yeah. Is that his name, Dave? Gabriel, Gabriel but is it, I think no, it's no, no. Gabe something, isn't it? Is it Gabe? I want to say it's Gabe. I thought it was Dave. Anyway. Yeah, it might be Dave, uh, Dave Batusti. Yeah, maybe. Dave, Dave Patuti. Sorry, everybody. Let's look this up. Let's let's make this happen. We're doing it. Anyway, so Dave Batusta, Batusta, B A U T I S Batista, 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 Dave Batista. Yeah. So Batista. They bring him in as a villain in uh, the last James Bond film, I believe. Okay. And then kill him in the most like off the cuff, whatever, who cares way. Right. And it's like not even like exciting or good or fun or anything. It's just like. You've got the possibility for a fight sequence that could like top from Russia with Love's railway carriage fight sequence. Good. And they don't. They, they don't. have they have him die in a plane crash or something like that. No, they don't do that. They don't? Then he then he get kicked out a window. I don't remember now. Kicked out, I think it was a train thing and then am I remembering it wrong? Maybe that's what happens. It just feels like it wasn't that much of a thing. I just know he popped a guy's eyeballs and just like <laughs> did that, the old thumb in the eyes. Oh, that's right. The, like yuck. <laughs> that's that's your reaction. Well, what was your reaction when you saw someone get their eyes? I was like, to... yeah. No, I just, it wasn't. I just whatever. <laughs> I haven't seen that since Buffy. That's right. This is great. Ugh. Okay. Uh, that makes, okay. Saying that about Buffy reminds me of the Master. Okay. But M must stand for Master then, because Q is Quartermaster. So M must be master, like master and commander. Well, because there's, there's a lot of naval references uh, in in the, that yes. in that world of yes spycraft. and no. Oh, it's not. It sounds for Myron. No, but if you, I'm trying to remember who was the person who who said it. If it was Daniel Craig or if it was Pierce Brosnan, it was one of them that yeah. went up to Dave Dave Judy Dench, and he basically broke into her home, which was you know him being you know coy, and he said. I always thought M was a military thing, but actually it stands for James Dude Sand of the Wood. And it was like, oh, okay, so her name is somehow M. So oh, okay. Well, I think that's a, I think that's a, a movie thing. But we, don't forget, we've hit the reset button, so we don't have to follow that uh, thing. But um, I'm just thinking about in terms of like the Ian Fleming novels. Because if, like, if Q is Quartermaster, why would M be the name of <laughs> the guy's last name, Quartermaster? Here's John Quartermaster. What we should call you? Just call me Q. It's shorter. Mm. No, that's interesting. Okay. It doesn't make sense, is what I'm saying. But the other thing I wanted to say was, did you know that the actor who played the master in the first season of Buffy is the same actor who plays one of the, the creeps in Animal House, one of the, the preppy creeps no, in I Animal House? Yeah, I, I was watching a little thing about that actor. I don't know why, but I was. And then um, it referenced him playing this... Uh, Niedermeyer or whatever on on uh, Animal House, mm. but also being the master, and he's done a lot of other stuff too. He's oh, good a long term actor, and I was like, "Oh, that's good," because sometimes you'll see an actor and you'll be like, "I wonder what happened to that person." But yeah, I kept uh, on asking. They acting, uh, acting, acting. They don't say what M means. They, yeah, maybe they just want to leave Q, it. Q is for quartermaster. Uh, some people say that some it's people. well. Here's what some people do say. Yeah, is that it stands for missions. They're the, they're the one that assigns the missions. That doesn't make sense. Okay, fine then. Then you know, you tell Radio Times that. I'm thinking of I'm thinking of the. That's what Radio Times says. <laughs> I'm thinking of the book by it, that writer whose name has escaped me. Who wrote the um, the Jack Aubrey novels? Mm. 
you know the film with uh, Cameron Crowe and Paul Bettany based on those books. Okay, Mas- yeah. I think it's called Master and Commander because that's a name for a ship's captain is a ma- the master of the ship, ship's master or commander or whatever you want to call him. And so that uh, could be where that comes from. All right. The first, uh, the first M uh, was played by Bernard Lee. Okay. Uh, and in the movie The Spy Who Loved Me, yeah. uh, he was named Miles. Oh, I see. But in the novels, yeah. uh, he's called Miles uh, Messervy. Uh, Okay. M-E-S-S-E-R-V-Y. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so that implies that's where the M comes from. Then. But then Robert Brown played him. Okay. And uh, he was uh, Admiral uh, Hargraves, mm. who was promoted to the role of M. Uh, her, the real name of uh, Judy Dench's character oh. was Olivia Mansfield. I see. And oh, uh, she was so... Uh, didn't want to be... Ralph Fiennes. Rafe. Rafe, let's go Rafe, if you want to be that way about it. It's pronounced, it looks like Ralph. <laughs> why would we, why? You know my favorite character, yeah. a sitcom character? Yeah. Uh, Rafe Mafe. <laughs> Rafe Mafe. From Happy Days. Yeah. Sat on it, Rafe. Yes. Uh, and uh, Rafe's character's yeah. name is Gareth Mallory. Ah, but so keeping with the M theme. Keeping with the, uh, there was a couple other M's, uh, but... They really weren't, weren't named. Oh, wait. Uh, in 1967's Casino Royale, which I know we don't count, yeah. M's real name was McTerry. <laughs> okay. So there you are. There you go. Do we you, We don't count that one, though. Uh, Casino Royale. Uh, you can if you want. I don't think we should. Because it is a mess. Not even a fun mess. Okay. What's a movie that's a fun mess? A movie that's a fun mess? Yeah, like a movie that's just, you just watch it, you're just like, oh, this was just got out of hand. But it's huh. still kind of fun. Huh. Kind of like 1941, which I don't think is a fun film, but some people like that movie. Right. That would be an example for them of a fun mess. Oh, boy. Boy, you got... Oh, boy. You know what? I think you've come up with a question of the week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, I think that's a very good question. What is a what is a movie that's just... I'll, I'll think of one in a bit. I can think of an old one, which is... You know is, what? I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with... And this is not one you would expect. Yeah, yeah, no. Yellow Submarine. You think that's a mess? I think that's a bit of a mess. Yeah, I don't think it's... Uh, you know, I don't think it's got like a, a real strong structure. I don't think it's got a lot of point. Yeah. It's a mess. But by the end of it, you're like, yeah, that was all right. I like it. I'll watch it again. But yeah. like, is it a good animated movie? The songs are amazing. But is it a good movie? I don't think it's a good movie, but it's a mess. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have much of a story to tell. You're yeah, right. But, it doesn't uh, make a lot of sense. I would uh, say the old movie from the 1930s, Million Dollar Legs. That is a, it's a fun mess. It's not a movie that makes any sense at all. Uh, has WC Fields in it, but it's, it's a mess. Okay. But it's fun. But it's a mess. And fun. But messy. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, that's a question for this week, everyone. If we can remember it by the end of the show, we might even <laughs> we might even include it in You there. know what? I'm going to go with... Yeah. Uh, it's got an amazing scene. And the rest is a bit of a mess. Okay. Uh, but it's it's a fun mess. Uh, the Wrong Guy. Dave Foley. Okay. Uh, 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 Jennifer Tilly. Uh, Dan Redican. Uh, yeah, and I think I think directed by David Steinberg. Okay. Uh, yeah, the guy falsely accused of murder. But David the, Steinberg was falsely accused of murder. No, not that I know. He actually of. did murder someone. Is that what you're saying? You know, he's from an era that if he had if he didn't kill somebody, I would I would be surprised. Okay. And and I'm not saying that because he's a former boss of mine, but like he's from an era where like you know he might have gone hunting people for sport. Okay. He was of that. Sure. You know. 
kind of, of the... he was around those type of folks yeah. that like maybe they went to an island, maybe they had their own squid games. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. No, no one knows. But, you know, there's, there's, yeah, it's, it's quite possible. Okay. But, but what I'm saying is he also occasionally directs a nice uh, movie or TV show. And in this case, uh, it's enjoyable if it's on TV. Watch the wrong guy, especially just watch, hey man, just watch the first 15 minutes. <laughs> a, there's a great scene where I don't think he discovers the body. Oh, when, when Dave Foley discovers the body, it's just great physical okay. business. Okay. There's something that's just one of the funniest things that's just, oh, geez, that's, ah, that's great. But the rest of the film kind of falls apart. No, it's not even falls apart. It's just you can't top this one scene. Oh, okay, that's a problem. And then the rest of it is it's like him being chased. Cliffhangeritis. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the movie exists for this one scene where mm-hmm. he finds the body. And then the rest is like, it's fine. And Jennifer Tilly <laughs> is fine. And Dan yeah. Redican's fine. Yeah. And it ends in an interesting Inter- thing. Interesting cast. Yeah, it is. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Listen, Jennifer Tilly mm-hmm. uh, delivers. Jennifer Tilly delivers in almost everything she's in. Yes. You go like you wouldn't go, hey, get me Jennifer Tilly. But like, if there's a movie and Jennifer Tilly's in it, she's gonna be good. Uh, what about Invasion of the Body Snatchers? That was Meg. Oh, was that Meg Tilly? I think so. You got me. I don't know. I don't know the difference between them. Meg Tilly was in The Big Chill. Then that's a Meg Tilly. Mm-hmm. She was in Agnes of God. Okay. She was in an elevator with me once when we were both doing a book fair. So Jennifer Tilly, did she is she more of the helium voiced, big bosomed sort of characters? She was in uh, with Gina Gershon. Oh, she was in Bound. Yes. Okay, but that was a bit of a breakup for her, right? Like that wasn't really that would have been a movie we go. I did. Heist I didn't know she was. Uh, she did have that in her. Could be, and then and then she did uh, you know some Chucky movies, mm-hmm. which are better than they should be. They're better than they should be, okay. and you know she's got she's just good in things that she does. And then yeah. she played poker, and she was an amazing poker player. And then she played a lot of poker. That happens. Yeah, making money. Um, yeah, I think the '60s was a time for a lot of messy movies. We've talked about this before, but maybe you got a mad, 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 mad world. Some people like that thing. Yeah, that's just an awful movie, but big mess. Uh, the loved one, just a mess. Lord love a duck. Don't know, don't know what people were thinking. Um, there's a the Wrong Box, What the Hell, <laughs> Hound of the Baskervilles, which was directed by Paul Morrissey, who had directed some Andy, Andy Warhol films and then gets handed the, the keys to this Peter Cook, Dudley Moore parody of, of Sherlock Holmes. That's a movie you watch and you just go, what, what, why, why, why this movie, why? Yeah, it's a... Uh... What was the movie where everyone was playing parodies of famous television and... Uh... Literary uh, detectives, murder by death. Uh, murder by death. Yeah, I think that's yeah. a mess. But that's uh, an I've not seen mess. that film. I've never seen that. Film. Yeah, it's an entertaining mess that you know mm-hmm. you watch. Huh. I think that's the one. I'm trying to think if that's the one where uh, Peter Sellers is playing Charlie Chan. It seems like <laughs> seems like he would be, and that's the reason it would not be on television now. Oh, okay. Okay. You know, but it does take your mind him playing so. Charlie Chan off him playing Fu Manchu. So there you go. There, there you go. I was thinking about a little while ago. We were talking about the movie, the new Marvel film that just came out. Uh, the Marvel Marvel one or the Marvel Sony one? The Marvel Marvel one. The Marvel Marvel one. Uh, Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. That's right. And, and the Ring of Ding Dings. And there was a scene in the film where I couldn't remember it, and you thought, and I was like, did I fall asleep? But I didn't. I just forgot about that scene because it was it was kind of boring. Okay. And I just didn't it didn't stick because. After I was thinking about it afterwards, I was like, why did they do it that way? Like, why didn't they have one of the characters already in the film? 
do what that character was doing to to help them forward the plot. Because you had an Academy Award winning actor who was like <laughs> game to do it. I guess that's it. But uh, this is what this took, is what me, you, took me out of the movie. This is what you do in a Marvel movie: is you go like, "What do we got? We got the Winter Soldier. That's pretty good. Uh, a lot of good action. Yeah, we got a whole bunch of good action. Who we got uh, playing Winter Soldier? This guy. Well, we sort of know him a little bit. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Uh, okay, uh, what, what can we do to up it a bit? Well, we could get Robert Redford. Robert Redford? <laughs> well, we can't have him fight anybody. He turned to dust. I'm like, no, he's like a he's guy. A suit. He just, he's a suit. He just come. he walks in, he leans on things. He's always leaning on things. He sat down for most of it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he does a couple of lines and, uh, you know, just, we give him a little acty, schmacty, chewy, sceny thing to do and he'll, <laughs> he'll be happy and he'll get a paycheck and an action figure and he'll be fine to go home. Yeah. And so, you know, that seems to be a Marvel way is like, who's a really good act? Hey, you got Annette Benning? Yeah. Okay, well, what does she want to do? Does she want to fight? Does she want to fight anybody? What are you talking about? Okay, all right. So she just stands in one place and says stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. All right, good. Did she win an Academy Award? As far as you know. Yeah, maybe she did. <laughs> Prove to me she didn't. She probably did. I, I bet, you know, for whatever, with the grifters, probably. I was going to say, she should have won for the grifters just for that answering yeah. the door. Scene. Yeah, no kidding. You're not wrong. <laughs> That was a that was a standing scene as well. It was quite good, you know. But that seems to be the Marvel way: is like find mm-hmm. you know the actor, yeah. and give them a part. And sometimes you know you'll get a Kurt Russell who will just go, "I'll I'll do it all." It's like fine, Kurt Russell will do it all, fine. <laughs> but you got to have someone from the past with some gravitas. Yeah, I yeah, I just found that scene just. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't enjoy it. But uh, anyway, it was pretty over the top. I can't. I can't. It was pretty over the top, even before the crazy uh, character little little CGI thing showed up. Yeah. Like okay. Yeah. Okay. You used to be a Shane Black character, and now you're this. Okay. Fine. Fine. (laughs) You seem to be having fun. You're you're cashing a paycheck. Who am I to judge? Yeah. Well, I can judge. Okay. I'm a critic. I can judge. All right. You paid your money. I took my chances. Yeah, you paid, your, but you paid your money. You have your say. You know, you don't care for it. It's fine and fine. Yeah, I mean, the film was fine, but I just felt the. But he was just doing his characters. You're giving away too much. I was trying not to be spoily, but yeah, but it was a haul. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. What are you doing? We're talking with high voices. I preferred it in. Um, I preferred the way it subverted things in Iron Man three. That character than. Than what than just being like a wackadoo character yeah. in, in uh, there was some good Shang-Chi. twists in that yeah I preferred because it seemed like they're like I almost feel like he was brought into Shang Chi as kind of like a, an apology you know we apologize for making the Mandarin uh, uh, you know a drunken British actor when really that was like the best thing they can do to that character because what sure. do you want like a real Fu Manchu character to show up in the movie yeah, no that can't happen yeah so no that's the stupid idea so make him into this ultimate you know, terror that kind of almost parodies that idea of the yellow peril or whatever, you know, this insidious character. And then when you finally meet him and pull back the curtain, he's just a drunken, a drunken drunk, you know? Like, yeah, the, pro- the problem you got with the Mandarin character, at least if you go with the comics version, is, you know, he was a, he was a character who uh, found these rings these space rings. Okay. And each ring had, you know, a different power. Like one could shoot cold and one could make wind or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, the character played by, uh, by uh, Ben Kingsley could make wind. Yeah, that's very true. Um, but the, but the rings were too similar to the, uh, infinity stones. They mm. were different color. They all had their own power. Sure, it's like we've, sure. we've been down this road before. 
Yeah. And then uh, you watch uh, Kung Fu Hustle, and you go, oh, that guy's got those training rings on his arms. Those are those are pretty cool. You could you could call those rings, right? It's like, yeah. Okay, but we got to do a little tribute to Kung Fu Hustle in the movie, to be fair. All right, so they put a poster on the wall, and it's, it's nice. Okay, yeah, that's yeah, good. Yeah. And, you know, every so often they'll go, see Kung Fu Hustle. Go watch that. <laughs> Um, Iron Man 3 is, a, is a, a weird movie for me because it's, I think it's a Marvel film I've watched like four times. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I really enjoy it. It's a Shane Black movie. I guess it's because it's a Shane Black film, but it's also like a puzzle movie. Like he, he gets a puzzle and he has to solve the puzzle, which I like because you don't really see too much of like a character having to sort of rebuild himself mm-hmm. the way he does in that film, you know. And that's sort of, a, it's sort of interesting to watch. Like he's built, rebuilding himself, but he's also like recreating Iron Man and, and it's very interesting. It kind of takes it places... I don't think it was carried much farther than that film, but it does take it to an interesting place, you know. It was also, I think, the first Marvel movie where you really saw the director's uh, thumbprint on it. Style-wise, yeah. 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 Just let him... Yeah, it's basically... Yeah, it is basically a Shane Black film. It's got Christmas in it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's got... The witty banter, the kind of... The the very callous violence, the callous comedy violence to, to a certain degree. And yeah, but... But yeah, it also has lots of nice payoffs, you know. It would like be an interesting... Really well-constructed. Interesting double bill if you watch Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and then watch that movie right <laughs> afterwards. Sure. They would flow okay into each other. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, there's a lot there. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, part of the reinstatement of Robert Downey Jr. as an actor in Hollywood, mm-hmm. for sure. He had a lot of reinstatements. And then, <laughs> and then it stuck and good on him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, you know, it takes a while for people to... To warm up to someone who's fallen like that, you know. You to, yeah, they've got to. They have to do their. And it's hard for the person who's fallen to get back into. You know, he was always like a a weirdo too, and yeah. so it's you know it's it's tough. Yeah, and and then they wrote the right role for him, and he embraced it, and holy moly moly, now now we're seeing, you know. <laughs> Now, now we're now we're seeing a, a semi spinoff of that uh, tonight that wouldn't be around if it wasn't for uh, Iron Man. You wouldn't have a Venom movie uh, tonight if it wasn't uh, for the success of uh, Iron Man. You mean like a minor character trying to like find some sort of like payoff? Out of yeah, a minor I don't think character? they would greenlight a movie based on an obscure side character yeah. if there hadn't been. Uh, all the success with all these semi obscure side characters. No, I I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I mean. Yeah, that's been sort of the fun of, of the Marvel films is been their being almost hamstrung. But they they hamstrung With themselves. B-listers at best. Yeah, they ham- by you know licensing all their their most popular characters to other studios. They really had to like figure it out. You know, like make do with these kind of yeah. Like and say, even B-listers. the most popular one, who you go listen, but you do get the Hulk. Okay, well that's just a <laughs> license to print money. Yeah, and like you know, it's a hard character to make work. I think. Yeah, you know it's hard. Like it's hard to have like a whole movie based around the Hulk because he is sort of a villain. You know, the Hulk is kind of like a villain. well. He's a monster. Yeah, he's a monster. He's a monster. I don't know if he's, he's a villain, but he's a monster. Well, he smashes stuff. I mean, if I had a car, you know, and the Hulk smashed it up, he's a villain. You know, like well, I'm not unless, gonna go, unless I'm not gonna say, oh, what a poor tortured unless he soul. Throws it as an alien that was going to destroy <laughs> the world, but he often which... doesn't. He often just kind of randomly smashes stuff up because he gets he gets upset or angry or whatever. You know, yeah. And then if you go to get your car and it's all is, there is a smashed up piece of rolled up ball in the you know with a tire sticking out of it, you're just you're not going to go. Gee, what a poor guy. Look, Dave. Let me tell you this. There's I, only one person who could bring all those people back, and yeah. that was the Hulk. The Hulk did it. 
the Hulk saved the the half of the universe. So, you know, I won't take your Hulk bashing right now. <laughs> Did he? Yeah. I don't remember that. It's been a while. Well, I watched that movie. Remember uh, when half of the universe vanished? Oh, no, I remember that. Do you remember they came back? Yeah, yeah. Remember who did that? Iron Man. No, because he Iron had the he had the no Iron the Man gauntlet. didn't do that. No, he Iron had the gauntlet and he no, made the wish. He no, wished, yeah, what did he wish for? The return of no, the... he didn't. No, he didn't. The Iron Man did not do that. Iron Man had the gauntlet at the very end. Yeah, and uh, you know, and things were uh, yeah, because because guys like him can make one wish. Yeah. And that's it. So he did not wish for that. There was a reason that the villains all turned to Ash. That was Iron Man's wish. The wish for people to come back was uh, the Hulk's wish. Oh, okay. And he, he was able to do it because uh, a lot of the energy in the... Uh, infi- uh, hi, I'm a nerd. Uh, <laughs> a lot of the energy in the Infinity uh, Stones yeah. was gamma-based. Yeah. And so his whole thing what, there was like... it was almost What he said was, it was almost like I was made for this. Yeah. So he found kind of his purpose there. Okay, yeah. interesting. So now, was this the Hulk or was this the Bruce Banner Hulk? This was uh, the this co- was Professor Hulk. This was like the merged yes. one. So it wasn't the Hulk necessarily. It was more Bruce Banner who made this wish. Oh, then. you think that the merger of the two of them is more Bruce Banner than? The- yeah, okay. because he's not like he's not the the primal force of just outrage and 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 you know just emo- this emotional. Uh, Let me put it to you this way. I mean, the way they kind of did it with the movies. Again, I'm so sorry, folks. Um, <laughs> as as the as the Hulk, you know, existed, he got older. Yeah. yeah. So you know, he was like barely a word or two, and then like by the time you get to Ragnarok, he's like you know, he's like a kid, you know, who's just talking kid talk, and yeah, as he yeah. gets like even a couple more years older, he can talk even even better and has enough you know uh, sense of self and purpose to go no. He's in the kid no uh, years, yeah, and that's when you know merges with uh, Bruce Banner and you know uh, ages up a little bit more. But yeah, I think he was like he was aging hmm. as well, so we don't know where that was going to go. It's not, I know the you got the old idea from the comic or the TV show where he just I'm mad all the time, I'm just a mad guy. <laughs> but yeah, they did. I think they did something a little different with the with the movies. Uh, Hulk Smash, yes, I believe is the. Kind of the raison d'etre of that character. Yeah, that's a fair point. Also, purple pants. Yeah, because they look good with green. They did. It's because they had a limited color palette. Yeah, the argument that he's a villain is, could be made by his color scheme because the villain's colors are green and purple, mm-hmm. and the hero's colors are blue and uh, red. Red, and, red and blue. Yeah, red you can blue. throw a little yellow in there sometimes, mm-hmm. but yellow kind of complements other colors. But you're right. If you're looking at a, someone who's got red and blue, that's a hero coming at you. Yeah, if it's green, purple. You got the green goblin. Get the hell out of there! You got yourself a lizard problem. Get the get out of there! You got a vulture. Go! Yeah, scram! Yeah, no, it's true. I'm right. Thank yeah. you. Everyone. Or Galactus. Thank you. Yeah, Galactus. Most disappointing comic book character, Galactus. Most disappointing movie uh, movie. Version? I was thinking character when he shows up in the in the comics. It feels like there's a lot of like build up for a guy. Who has a G on his shirt and short sleeves. <laughs> like he an came elaborate. in the summer and he just went like, ah, oh, it's hot. Elaborate. An elaborate. He has zip off sleeves. Um, yeah, it just feels like he kind of showed up in, I don't know. Is he that much of a threat? Put really? so much work into the helmet and so little work into the top. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it a G? Do you have the same alphabet? As a... So many problems. They got rid of the G. 
And they gave him long sleeves yeah. later. Yeah. I was just like, what's the short sleeves? Well, the season changed. Yeah. Space seasons. <laughs> so, I don't know. I just kind of felt, I remember reading it as a kid, like, I don't know where I, or maybe I was a little older, but I just remember reading like a, ser- a series of comics where Silver Surfer shows up and it's building up to this yeah. idea that Galactus is coming and all the code. Right. And there was, a, and there was like, the, the sky was covered in rocks. That was one thing. And then yeah. the sky was covered in flame. Yeah. And the one who was doing that was actually the Watcher. And the Watcher was trying to cover Earth so that uh, the Silver Surfer wouldn't see it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Silver Surfer did see it. Yeah. And then came down to... Uh, herald. Eat. Herald the arrival of Galactus. Park the Herald Silver Surfer saying. <laughs> but then when Galactus shows up, you're just kind of like, huh. Well, what would you have wanted to have occurred? I don't know. Because it's hard, isn't it? You've created this... Thing it's almost better to not have him arrive. Well, Galactus isn't really the thing there. I thought, well, the thing is the thing. Uh, Galactus <laughs> isn't. You know, now I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Uh, they cover the sky in rocks and they cover the sky in flame. They're make, the Watcher was doing a Fantastic Four powers. Sure. I guess the invis- invisible wouldn't make any sense. Uh, well, that was the problem. He put an invisible shield around. Yeah, and, that's, your, that's your issue. Yeah. And then uh, you could see right through it, and there's Earth. I, I mean, I think they surfer. did with Galactus what you do with Galactus, which is uh, he shows up. He's mm-hmm. going to eat your planet. Yeah. And you're trying to argue with him, and he's like, I'm going to eat your planet. Yeah. Uh, I'm not talking to you. What are you... Get out yeah. of here. You know, he's not going to... He's not the Doctor Doom, you fools, don't yeah. you see? Yeah. I, I am the greatest. It's like, no, no. Galactus is just, you're ants to me. I'm going to eat your planet. This yeah. is what I do. Until they, they gave him a subpoena to court, and then they had the trial of the century. They did have a trial of Galactus, but they, they, they weren't the ones who did that. That came much later, but yes. <laughs> And actually, Reed helped defend him. But what a nerd! What a nerd! <laughs> um, but no, he—you had to—you had to get the Silver Surfer's help, yeah, because he was reachable. Whereas mm. Galactus, you can't convince Galactus. Yeah, yeah. he's going to eat your fucking planet. The amount of time you're arguing with him is a waste of space. Yeah, uh, there's nothing you can physically do. He's too strong for you. You, yeah. you can't debate him. He doesn't give a shit about you. So <laughs> we got to talk to the Silver Surfer and, and appeal to his humanity. And then they did. Yeah. And that's uh, how Silver Surfer went, get uh, the ultimate nullifier. And uh, it was the only weapon that could uh, defeat... I don't Galactus. know if I actually read the end of that series, actually. I think I had, like, not all of it or something. Okay. I, my, my, my Fantastic Four uh, knowledge is kind of limited. Johnny gets sent up to uh, Galactus's ship with the help of the Watcher and uh, finds the ultimate nullifier. The ultimate nullifier can destroy anything in the universe. Yeah. And so, you know, they go up to Galactus again and just go, you got to leave. And then, I don't care about you. <laughs> and then uh, Reed holds up the ultimate nullifier with his long arm, and Galactus says, hey, buddy, whoa, <laughs> we don't need none of this. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want that. And it's like, get out of here. I'm like, all right, I'm leaving. I'll tell you who gave you the ultimate nullifier. And then <laughs> looks over at the Silver Surfer, and the Silver Surfer's doing a... <laughs> It's like you, hey, whistling Pete. You told him about this. Okay, you're stuck on Earth. No, I don't want to be stuck on Earth. Well, you are now, you asshole. I'm gonna go uh, off on my own. And so he collects all this shit. And yeah. just like, quit pointing that at me. And uh, off, off they go. Yeah, off he goes. Shouldn't they have killed him? Why? Because he's a planet eater. Well, that's the thing. It's like, but he is part of the universe, and he, you know, might have purpose. Okay. And also, Reed isn't a murderer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Reed doesn't go like that. Doctor Doom's trouble. Blam. <laughs> well, you can maybe reach Doctor Doom. Like you, you, he is he is possibly someone who could be redeemed. But mm-hmm. I don't know if Galactus you have been a Doctor a... Doom apologist for a long time. <laughs> well, his name is David Doom, so I always feel kind of close to yeah. him because you know when you have like 
to, you know, I just know how hard it is to grow up David with a double D name. Duke Doom. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. And he's like, I'm not connected with that guy. <laughs> well, why are you wearing uh, that? You both wear masks. <laughs> and like, yeah, you both. Like, got, a, got a pointy, pointy robe. You both like robes. You both wear masks. I don't know. <laughs> you know? Uh, no, no, I hang out with the Black Panther all the time. Black Panthers, leave me out of this, man. <laughs> I don't need this at all. No, thank you. <laughs> Come on, we're both kings, you know, king buddies. We are not buddies. You hang out with Namer more than you hang out with me, and no mm. one's whiter than Namer. <laughs> it's true. It's the white of the fish's belly. Mm-hmm. It's true. Ah, uh, Namor. The Submariner. Yes. Something I was thinking about, this is so, I'm just going to go off this topic completely. By the way, do you ever like start the show thinking you're going to talk about something and then absolutely <laughs> nothing comes in, the, in that, in that way? I never have anything planned. I have like, yeah, I have like one thing loaded up and there's like no <laughs> transition that is going to get to well, it. Well, you just have to do what I do, which is like just break everyone's neck. Yeah. I was thinking today, I was looking at, someone drew a picture of. They're Who's talking. your favorite member of the Dave Clark Five? <laughs> what? I don't know. Number three? Do they number themselves? <laughs> so I only know the name. I only know Dave Clark from that group. Okay, but sorry. Go ahead. Um, I was just going to say, like, someone was drawing a picture of Aragorn for someone else, okay, and they from Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings, and they said, they said, which Aragorn do you want, the king or the ranger? And this person was like, what do you think? And their response was like, oh, I know what they wanted. And I was thinking, well, if you wanted... <laughs> then, but I was thinking, but if you wanted Aragorn as like a ranger, you would say, I want a drawing of Strider. Because oh. that's his name as the ranger. Ah. He's called Strider. And then it's not until later that they discover okay. who he actually is. But they're introduced to him when they go to the, the town of whatever it's called. Um, they are introduced to him as Strider. Striderville. Straightville, yeah, and the, and I was just thinking well, that's kind of interesting because how his character kind of goes through, goes through a transformation, and his name is that transformation, kind of the same as Gandalf, because Gandalf starts as Gandalf the Grey, yeah, and later on in the book becomes Gandalf the White. It's At just which sort of point interesting. Doctor Doom will hang out with him because <laughs> he's white. Where's Namor? <laughs> and I just thought it was kind what? of y'all wear robes. Yeah, y'all love wearing robes. Okay, <laughs> I just thought it was interesting that, and I was I, I'm, now I'm kind of curious about rereading the book and trying to figure out like if there's other characters whose change like change in the story is represented in like a change in their name. Ah, well, I mean, obviously, um, uh, Gollum, Smeagol becomes Smeagol. yeah. That's another. One. That's one I was thinking about earlier when I was I was thinking about this when I was going to the bathroom earlier <laughs> before the start of the show, and I thought you'd think of Gollum, Smeagol. Yeah, that's another example of someone who undergoes like a character change and that's re- reflected in the change their changing name. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that was me that interested. Tolkien is like a, a you know someone who loved language and loved the idea of of things having you know like not just language but he loved like the roots of language and you know and think and so to him is the name of something is almost more important or as as important as like the characteristics of that person you know and the, and their characteristics are reflected in their in their name so Strider you know sounds a lot different than Aragorn you know Aragorn does sound kingly but Strider you would never call a king Strider. Strider is kind of like this sort of um, shiftless, you know, yeah. character, this ranger character, you know, who's kind of seems very, you're not too certain when you first meet him in the book, you're not, is he good? Is he on their side? Or is he going to betray them? Or, you know, you're not quite certain of, of his, his allegiance, you know, and that's reflected in, you know, then later on when he becomes more kingly and becomes, starts to grow into his actual role 
then his name changes and we see that that reflected. And I thought that was kind of interesting. No, that's neat. Anyway, that was that was my one talk. So what did you have loaded up? <laughs> now I'm thinking like in the Marvel world. It's like <laughs> in the comics you got Hank Pym who starts off as Ant-Man then uh, you know as his confidence grows he becomes giant man and from there he gets killed crazy and becomes yellow jacket. He's wild, he's unpredictable. Mm. And uh, from there he, he goes for a while it's just Hank Pym. But I do like that it's Ant-Man then it becomes giant man. Yeah. That's kind of That's a when fun he becomes uh, he 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 gets uh, on the GI bill. <laughs> well, finally, well, all GI Ant Man, a real guy who's big now. Probably all the artists who were working on him in the '60s, who are drawing him, were people who learned to draw up on the GI Bill. Because when you like, if you read, um, I have like the Russ Cochran versions of the EC comics, and so in so it reprints the exact comic that you would have bought. Right, like everything even has like the text part of it. Because in those days. You had to have text in your comic sure. in order for it to be... Uh, That's why all those classic Casper the Friendly Ghost one-page stories, they're just so good. Yeah, well, it's, it's fun. Like a Little Lulu, there's like Little Lulu's diary. So you yeah. get this very ironic diary, which oh, is... Oh, that's a nice twist on her, it. Her version of... And you can see, like, ah. her telling of the story, you can see, oh, this really happened, but her take of it is so, so, so wrong. Like, But it's interesting. Yeah, and it's just like a page of text, okay. which they were legally obliged I, to I do. I was being sarcastic about the Casper stuff, because okay. that was always like just the, the throwaway... It was like, yeah, just yeah. call it filler. Well, you know, it's it's hard when you're reading comics to read text because your, your your mind is a different part of your mind that you use to read comics than you do to read text, like a novel. And the mistake, too, as well, was the text page was almost always, like, at the very bottom there was an ad. Mm. And there was an ad for the Casper uh, TV show. Okay. So it was like, oh, I love Casper the Friendly Ghost. And then, like, hey, everybody, it's Casper. Hey, Casper. And it's like, you know, you can see me, not just in comics now, but I'm also... And there's a TV, and he's coming yeah. through the TV, on TV! That's right. And so, like, not only to me as a kid, you're yeah. going just like, why am I reading all this text when he's on TV? <laughs> this is a waste of my time. Yeah. It's like, even easier than comics is TV. So one interesting thing that EC Comics did in the mm-hmm. 50s was they would have little... Um, like a picture of the artist, and they'd have a little write-up about their, their life. Mm-hmm. So it'd be like, Wally Wood... You know, da da da. Served in the Merchant Marine, da da, and went to art school on the GI Bill. Oh, okay. You know, um, whoever else. Now, everyone's names went out of my, my brain. Sure. That, but anyway, you know, you know what I mean. Joe Kubert. I don't think Joe Kubert. I guess no, Joe Kubert. I don't think Drew for. Okay. okay. All right, let's go. Uh, John Sever. John Severin. Severin. Um, uh, Jack Davis. Jack Davis. That's a nice one. Thank you. Uh, what's the guy's name who? Uh, Al Feldstein. Al Feldstein, yep, he drew that. So, yeah, so it'd have like a picture of them, and then it would give you like a write up. So, Graham Ingalls, Ghastly Graham, yeah. Graham England, Ingalls. And, you know, almost all of them went to art school on the GI Bill. Like, they got out of the army after the war was over. They got this opportunity, they were given a chance to go to school, and so they, want, they wanted to be artists, so they went. To the to art school, they right. went to wherever Pratt, the Pratt Institute or whatever in in New York, and then ended up washed up into comics at some point. Yeah. You know, and, and then uh, that's worth mentioning historically that uh, they got to do that because they were white. And yes, they, that's and, a yeah, well, yeah. yeah, that's a terrible part of the story. Is yeah. that of course the GI Bill was only available to white veterans, not to colored veterans, which is bullshit. But anyway, it is interesting though that how many of them went through school that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was like they went to school. I guess school Joe, and Joe, were... Orla- Joe Orlando was, was, uh, was he, he was black, wasn't he? Was he considered black or, I don't know. I thought there was like, maybe I'm mixed up, maybe I'm confused about, uh, I thought there was like one artist who was working uh, 
in that time period who was actually black, but I could be wrong. Not sure. Uh, uh, Italian American. Oh, okay. His name kind of sounds like it, but I just thought for some reason I might be conflating the, it with someone else. The picture does not seem to say that. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, I don't know if Orlando drew for them, but uh, Jack Kamen, another name. I'm just trying to think of the guy who did like tons of the horror books. He had like two different. He had like his own horror uh, book that he did, what like Vault of Terror or whatever. And he drew it in a very Milt Kanis style. It's very mm. appealing. And now I can't remember his name, but I do like him a lot. And it's. It's Johnny Craig. It's Johnny okay. Craig. Yeah. Very, very great style and a lot of great stories by him. A lot of great horror stories. My favorite one is this one of uh, this guy who buys a house. Um, he want, he's, lives in the city and he wants, he's trying to write and he just can't get away from his friends. His friends are always like having these big giant parties while he's trying to like write. And finally, so he decides, screw this, I'm going to move out to the country. Sure. And it turns out his house is haunted, but he's so busy writing that he never notices like what's going on. But all his friends finally find out where he is, so they show up and have a big party, and then they all get like scared to to nothing. <laughs> they're just like total wrecks at the end of the story. They're all like leaving, and they're all blanched. Their hair's gray. They've aged visibly aged, and he's still like madly typing away trying to do this. Because uh, he not notice that the party's gone now. Yeah, yeah, no, he's just like so so into this to generate. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, they're good. It's a good story. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I like it. He's, he did the famous one of the the killer who dresses as Santa Claus. And, oh, okay. And so they hear like a killer's on the loose. Do you know that story? Like, so it's on the radio and the mom's, okay. mom's by herself at home with her with her kid. And there's this story on the radio. There's a killer on the loose. You know, be careful. Da, 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 da. And the end of the story is the kid is, look, mama, Santa's come. And it's this total like raving lunatic holding an axe and holding the kid's hand. And you just know, oh. Wow. That's kid, the end of the story. That's a dumb kid. <laughs> that is a dumb kid. But it's a good ending to a story. It is. Here's, here's what I would do for the next yeah. next uh, uh, page. So the, that, was the, that was the final page. I but understand. Okay. But here's what I would <laughs> okay. do for the very next sure, page. Sure. It's like the mom screams and then uh, you just hear blam. The full panel goes blam. Yeah. And then the Santa's like holding his chest. Yeah. And, and falls down. And then standing behind the mom is the Easter Bunny holding a gun. <laughs> and then the Easter Bunny starts making a move towards her. And there's a blam. <laughs> and, and, he falls, and it's all It's a tooth fairy behind the Easter Bunny. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he fucked around and found out. Don't pretend to be Santa. He's a friend of mine. We all work together. Yeah. So it's a union. It's a union thing. Now, the Easter Bunny, all the Easter Bunny does in those old horror stories is just bite the head off kids. And uh, it's like, how do you like it? How do you like it at Easter when you get your head bit off like a chocolate rabbit? Seems huh? a little extreme. Mm, I've, I've read that story. I think that's a house of mystery story. Sure. Oh, I'm sure it's a thing. Yeah. There's that classic illustration from Peanuts of Charlie Brown standing in front of like this comic book stand, stand and it's all like mm-hmm. smash bang crash pow destroy murder stuff like that and he's just like oh what a wonderful gory layout or something like yeah. that and, it's just and what is the only comic that was real later on oh i don't know hate hate oh one of them was hate it's <laughs> great like, oh i got some peter bag stuff that's nice <laughs> that's good that's great that up i think you might enjoy that uh the other day i went to uh, i had to go to the dentist oh that's the thing i got my i got one of my uh crowns done okay and so i was slightly wrong on how it works so I was correct that they grind your tooth down to a nub. Okay. Um, so they take your tooth and they just like... By the way, you've just gotten Nina's interest in this show. No, that's just raised <gasps> completely. And so, yeah, they just like drill away. And um, and at one point I had to like stop them. I said, I just need to take a break. Because I, I just said, you know, what? I'm not a snake. 
and they were making me open my mouth so wide that my jaw started to really hurt like no. I, like crazy i had never had that happen before and i didn't have it for the rest of the i don't know if it was just like the way it was my head was turned or something but anyway it was fine that they were grinding my tooth down to nothingness but it was just my jaw was hurt. Oh, interesting. so anyway so they were so what they do is they they, they grind the tooth down and then they um they make it a little smaller in like diameter mm-hmm. because the crown goes over top of it yes and it goes and it's glued down over top and they glue of it. it yeah yeah so that was kind of interesting. So I had that done, and I had a cavity filled at the same time. Okay. And then I have to go back in a month for the the second one. How's the crown? I actually feel wish now? I'd done them both in the one yeah. one time because what the, I don't want to. Have to when I, yeah, I got like some things done recently, and they're asked, "Do you want to get them both done in one day?" Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Because it's what, like they, I, I guess they felt like it's a lot to get done in one day. I was like, yeah, but it's also a lot to come back another day <laughs> yeah. and have it done again, and yeah. then you put that day away. Just get it all done, yeah. and then I'll stagger home and you know get sympathy from my wife, and it'll be good, <laughs> and I'll be able to, you know, nice. uh, you know, uh, play it up. Yeah, get some, get everything I want for a little while. I didn't stagger home. In fact, I went to choir after. Like I told my choir, wow! I told the choir director, you know what? I don't think I'll be here on Tuesday because I have to get a, my crown and a cavity done on on Tuesday. And I started at five twenty, and I thought, well, it's probably gonna be done. But your jaw was so sore, and then you were singing. It was fine after that. It was just because it was sore from being open. Okay. Once I would close right. it, again, it was fine. So then, um, yeah. So then I was driving home, and I was thinking, oh, you know what? I feel fine. I should just go to choir. So I phoned home, and I said, I said, oh, I'm not gonna come home right away. I'm gonna go to go to choir practice. I'm going to sing with a, a lisp. I did have a bit of a lisp just because my, my mouth was still frozen. But it was fine. No one could tell. I mean, if they listened, they could tell. But God rest ye merry gentlemen. <laughs> just one voice amongst many. Sorry, We're not doing Christmas know. songs yet, thank goodness. Well, it's practice. good to start practicing. <laughs> it's good to get it practiced. It's right? almost October. We're doing our Thanksgiving song first. I've been in the, uh, uh, I've been in the drugstores. Apparently it's Christmas already. Oh, they have? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's good. Oh, well, they still got, you still got, you're right. You got the Halloween stuff still. There's a mix of things. There's a mix of things. The second Halloween hits, boom! It's immediately Christmas. I went to uh, Home Sense. Then you got the crazy uh, Santa with an axe. Yeah, that's when he shows up. Like, is it my time to shine? <laughs> yes. It's it like is, you know uh, what? You'd also be good at Halloween. Yeah, we, this is a, that's a real crossover. Yeah. Uh, we went to a Home Sense, which is kind of like a, a family, like a household. Well, anyway, household item place, and sure. so, but yeah, it was like this weird thing of like. Thanksgiving stuff, Halloween stuff, and then Christmas stuff all in the same place. Kind of, oh, you're going, oh, here's yeah. the seasons. Here, One of these aisles is going to take over soon. Take over all the rest of everything else. Yeah, they're already putting up the Groundhog Day stuff. It's like, come on! <laughs> come on! Christmas not even here yet. Um, but while I was, when I was going to the dentist, I, thought, I had like an hour to kill. And I thought, oh, well, I'll just go to Valley Village and take a look at the books. And I was thinking, well, I was here last week, so it's not going to be very much that I want. But what the hell? I'll take a look. So I, w- I went in and uh, I bought 40 books. Oh, my God. I know. Okay. Someone gave... Someone, you know... <laughs> one, How did you carry them? Did you have a little basket? I, I had to go get a basket. I had to go put them in a basket. And then I went back and I, I oh added my gosh. more to it. I started off... Like, by the way, if I yeah. saw someone doing that, yeah. I'd think... There were valuable books there. And this guy just <laughs> figured it out. This guy just figured what it out. What can I say? I'm a book scout. I can find something. Yeah, he got it. You were like, hey, buddy. Hey, you know, just start buying books. Yeah, yeah. You, just, you know, the second you turned your back. I don't know how. I don't think I could do that. I know. A, I used to know a book scout. He used to 
bookscutter on Langley, and he was at an auction in Cloverdale, and he found a law book that had been annotated by uh, Abraham Lincoln. Oh, jeez. And no one knew that it was Lincoln's writing. Like, he discovered this. I don't know how he recognized his writing, but yeah, he was a... I think he just saw it and thought, that's interesting. That's old old writing. That's kind of cool. I'll just buy this book and see what, see what we can find out, and then discovered, oh... This was annotated by Abraham Lincoln. I guess it was like a, an estate sale for this house. But anyway, yeah, I just went in and I I was looking in the... I went... I, you know, I didn't... Used to not like science fiction books very much. Mm-hmm. But I after reading Philip K. Dick, I kind of got more into them. And I liked Robert... I liked Robert Heinlein as a kid. Like, you know, how a spaceship will travel and stuff like that. So I um, went in and then I was looking and... And it seemed like this per, there was a person who had like a British science fiction collection that they got rid of because there was a lot of... There's a lot of Michael Moorcock, the British writer, yeah. Michael Moorcock, who created Elric, the, the character. And there were no Elric books there, or books there, but or maybe there were, and I just didn't know. There was a book called Stormbringer. Actually, I think that's his sword, right? So maybe that is an Elric book. Anyway, I kept finding these books with like the first book of the something series, and I'm like, oh, interesting. I just, so I kept finding the, the third book of the so-and-so series. So it seems like I have like one, <laughs> three books that are all one series, but the rest of them are kind of like, uh, we're not parceled out quite the same. And... I often like think to myself, I wonder if there's books from these that are like in Abbotsford. Mm. And if I went to Abbotsford, if I would find more oh, okay. books, like if they kind of get spread out from store to store or they just, you know. So I, um, yeah, I found all these Michael Moorcock books. I found an Ursula K. Le Guin book I didn't have, and I was really happy with that. I bought, found a bunch of Heinlein books, some Robert Silverberg books as well. So um, Then I found some Michael Connolly books for, for Lisa. He's the one, he wrote Bosch, which we like the TV show Bosch. Okay. And she started reading the books. He also did, he also created The Lincoln Lawyer, which I didn't realize. Oh, all right. Until I was looking at the books and I went, oh, here's the Michael Connolly book. The Lincoln Lawyer? Huh. Uh, so that's like a series as well. There's not this one book. There's a bunch of books that are all The Lincoln Lawyer. So I was, I bought those for Lisa. <laughs> then I found like a bunch of Peanuts books I didn't have. Oh, geez. Okay. So I put, I put those in and then I found a Kathy collection. Okay. Ack. So I put that in. And then uh, I found this one Peanuts one though. It's like a big book and it's obviously not written by Charles Schultz, but it has like drawings by him for it. And it's like a book of collecting, a book of collecting hobbies. And so mm. if you look through it, it's stuff like, you know, collecting maps. What do you do if you like to collect maps or collecting How coins? What is this? Was this pre-Peanuts? No, no, it's like the 70s. It has the Peanuts characters in it. Oh, okay. And so it's, it features them, like, you know, uh, drawings of them uh, in their various collecting things, like collecting maps and collecting coins and being interested in dinosaurs. And, huh. Yeah, it's really fun. Okay. It, was, it was, cost three ninety five back in back in the day. Okay. I'll show it to you later. I'll show it to yeah, you later. Yeah, please. Now I was just looking to uh, see if I could find that online, but you know, it's people actually are collecting Peanuts things, like actual peanut. Peanuts? Oh, yeah. How oh, silly. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was really cool. I mean, you know, obviously it was just done t- tangentially to, to Schultz. But I mean, if there's drawings of peanuts in something, they're done by Schultz. So yeah. in between him doing a newspaper strip, writing television programs, planning the movies that he was doing, he also was illustrating the encyclopedias, the peanut butter, yeah. the, pe- the peanut butter, peanuts, the Charlie Brown encyclopedias, and then also I, I, I think I've got almost all of those. Of course, he also, in, he also illustrated the Richard Linklater, or Art Linklater, sorry, Art Linklater's Kid Tell the Darndest Thing books, and then also did those... Uh, collection three collections of the newsletter church newsletter cartoons i always think of like matt Groening's version of that where he went like if you would uh, have that to show now it'd be called kids say the motherfucking shit you've ever heard <laughs> <laughs> they did it again but they did not call it that no they did not do that's that. why it didn't and then well. uh, matt Groening went on to do something else i don't know what he did something anyway it, it did all right for itself is any of this recording dave yep oh I just, good i just accidentally pulled uh the uh 
the recorder into my lap. Okay. But it was a soft landing. It's fine. Oh, well, that's nice. Yeah. That's what they say. Nuts forward. <laughs> I have a very soft lap. So, yeah, it was a really exciting, uh, fun. It was 40 bucks for $66. So, what the heck? Oh, my gosh. What value? I know. It's crazy. Peanuts and uh, a High and Lois book, High and Lois collection. There's like little paperback ones. I love those, though. I love those collections because they're just such a companion to me as a, as a kid. The BC ones. The I didn't realize and High stuff. and Lois was a spinoff of Beetle Bailey. I thought it was the opposite. But uh, No, Bradley. yeah, he started that in the army. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, Be- uh, Beetle Bailey didn't start off as an army strip. It oh, started, it didn't? It started off I thought it was like him. in Stars and Stripes or something. No, no. Beetle, oh. uh, Beetle Bailey uh, started off as a, uh, he was a college kid. Oh, it was a college and, and had, strip. You know, okay, that's right. a regular cap. Sorry. And then at one point he joined the army and uh, off we went <laughs> for adventures in not really being part of the army. Never fighting in a war. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just it's more, yeah, more about the bureaucracy and, and stuff like that in the beginning. Camp Swampy. Yeah, Camp Swampy, which is a great name, by the way, everyone. Camp Swampy. I love it. Yeah, it's it was fun. It was a good it was a good find. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's you don't always stumble across that kind of stuff like that. That's a that's a good day. That was a good score. When well you, played. When you walk in and someone's like giving away like the greatest record collection you've ever seen, you're like, what? Is this that happened to me one time? And the problem was, is like it had already been picked over. Mm. I could tell. I was like so mad. I was like so jealous. It's <laughs> like, oh, if only I'd been here two days ago, it would have been so awesome. And this lady even said to me, oh, if only you'd been here two days ago, it was really a big, big collection. <laughs> I'm like, stop it! Don't tell don't me that. Don't tell me that. No, I used to. I used to know a guy who would be at like Valley Village almost every day. Mm. I think like it got to the point where it was an addiction for for them. And yeah. They, Buy the top end stuff and uh, then try to sell it out of the back of his car to his friends. Huh. And be like, "Oh yeah, I got this for you." I'm like, well, this is awkward. <laughs> it's like, and you know, it's like you know, there's some markup here too. Of course. And just like you're making a, yeah. Okay. That's not a gift. That's it, a grift. It it's weird. Yeah. yeah. And it's like you have a TV show. That's what you want to say to them. But, <laughs> that's fine. I guess that is sort of an addiction. The sense of I got to survive. I won't always have a TV show, so I gotta make sure I'm always making money. Well, got there, my angle. I got yeah, an angle here. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a thing I think like with a lot of people who work uh, nightclub jobs or like you know do comedy at night, mm. and it's like, what do you do with your days? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, go for a walk. What what do you do then? I don't know. Look for stuff. Like I like I remember when I was touring, I just just as something to do, I would go in to just try to find next generation Star Trek. Figures at like local Kmart's or whatever, just okay. out of just because something to do, yeah, yeah. And like, all right, I gotta try and find myself <laughs> a Riker clone, wow. I gotta try and find myself a dead just for nothing, it's just to keep yourself sane, yeah. And uh, and I guess every day he decided to like go and you know go shopping at uh, the Valley Village and find out what's new, what came in. I guess there's a reason why a lot of especially that time period, a lot of stand up acts. Reference a lot of daytime television or ads and stuff like yeah. that as part of their their humor because they were just sitting at home watching television in yeah. the day because they you know yeah or they go off to it wasn't really that many coffee shops you'd go to a diner if you were Seinfeld and you'd sit with your yellow legal pad and you'd just write stuff out and yeah. do your thing and that's what you do or you know or you didn't and then you didn't succeed yeah I'm not a flipper I'm not looking for things to to buy and then resell I'm just I'm just looking for things that are I want to read, you know, so, although when I was a kid, I really liked, 
the airtight garage of Jerry Cornelius in Heavy Metal Magazine, the, okay. Mo- the Mobius strip. Yeah. And then I discovered, I don't know how I discovered this. I think I was at, I was at Army Navy. That's why I know this. I was at Army Navy and there was a Michael Moorcock book there. And I just picked it up because it had an uh, interesting name, like The Ultimate Solution or something like that. I can't remember what it's called. And I was looking at the back and it, it, the character's name in the story was Jerry Cornelius. Mm. And I was like, oh, so this is the same character from Mobius? That's weird. And so I bought the book and then I realized there was three other books. So it was like a quadrology of, you know, whatever. And so I bought all the books and I brought them home and then I sat down to read them and I couldn't get into them at all. They're like too dry or too, too adult for me or something about them that this didn't like resonate in my, yeah. in my kid brain. And so I decided they weren't, weren't good books and I put them away and I've never gone back to them ever since then. So why I bought a bunch of Michael Moorcock books on a whim at Valley Village, I have no idea because I bought like 15 of them or something like that. So. Yeah. Hopefully they're good because I'm going to be going. And if, if I like any of them, I'll have to go back and... I still have those Jerry Cornelius books that I bought when I was in grade eight. So I'll have to go back and uh, take a look at those and see if they are good. I tried watching uh, a bit... Uh, I say tried. I watched two episodes and maybe I'll watch some more. It's not like a struggle. Um, <laughs> but I was watching uh, The Foundation. Uh, okay. I've, I started reading the book before I got distracted by another book. <laughs> and then I bought 40 books. And then so I bought 40 books. I got to get books. through those. But and then I did, I'll get around to see it. But the week before when I went to Valley Village, I did find a Foundation 2 and 3. So, okay. So now I have... And those... Oh, man. I wish I'd found, like, Foundation 1 there. Because they have, like, a great cover. So I have one... I have Foundation 1 with a kind of very blasé cover. Very much kind of... Those kind of ones where it looks like they just went, yeah, good enough. Like, they have, like, a pile of paintings. Mm-hmm. And they just kind of flip through them. And they go, oh, this one will do as a cover. That's good enough. Put, put, found, put Foundation on it, and that's fine. But these other ones have, like, a set like thematic way they did the covers mm. so i'll have to keep my eye open for the first one i will By the buy way, it my computer uh, i realize now has some sort of uh, virus or some bug oh uh, which is like i'm going to certain pages and it's just that's what's saying that uh, things are messed up oh okay yeah i can do some things and then it goes to other things and like i gotta clear this up oh so you know when you see me going oh that's what this is all about <laughs> But yeah, I watched. Uh, so you watched I, a couple of episodes. I watched of a couple of episodes. Yeah. And I watched the first episode, and I went, "Oh, it's like this, is it?" Um, which is, you can tell that I've watched all these things that have been based on this book. That's right. That have gone. It's the uh, uh, John Carter of Mars uh, problem. Okay. Where you're watching it and just going, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." It's this is one of these guys. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one sure. of these guys. Oh, it's this kind of but thing. But this was the ur-text of this. This was like the beginning of that's, it all. That's right. But I've seen the different evolutions yeah, yeah. of it. So there's very little in this foundation. Like literally there's a guy, uh, I think it's Lee Daniels, who's like, it seems to be the villain in it. And I'm like, I've seen him playing Ronan in Guardians of the Galaxy, basically doing this okay. bit. Yeah. It's just like, oh, he's a bit of a zealot and he's a megalomaniac and he's mm. being cruel and he's executing people. And it's like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, I've seen you do this. Like this is I've seen you do the later variation of what yeah. you're doing here and I understand this is the more pure version and there, there we go. It's like, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. There's, the problem is like it's all fine, yeah. but there's nothing new and there's nothing I I'm waiting for what ties this into now or what is your take on it yeah. that is now mm, that's mm. connecting that isn't just mm, so I but I've heard this story. 
yeah. already. Uh, and I know it's not fair that I've heard it other places because you were the first. You're absolutely correct. But unfortunately, I've heard it other places. So I don't know what to do. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I guess it's Matthew, uh, Mark, and Luke. But I read John. And <laughs> well, you would have read you would have read uh, Mark first. Well, it, well, not necessarily because when I was in Catholic school, they had the the good news books uh, separate, so you could read. Oh, I see. I see. So I could have picked up John first, uh, read it, yeah. and gone, uh huh. I got it. Time to read Matthew. Oh, wait a minute. But you know what? John is not the same as the first three books. Yeah, John is a little different. It's a little different. Right. So you would you could read those ones and be like, oh, this is a little different. Yeah, but John starts off with in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah. Like, oh, this is this is a bit different. <laughs> Fair enough. Um Yeah, it yeah. Foundation's interesting because uh, Asimov wrote that it was started off as a short story that he wrote. Because in those days most most it was in like astounding or whatever. I can't remember the name of the editor now, but he's kind of like Heinlein men- mentions him as well. He's kind of like he was a science fiction writer, but he was also considered like one of the great editors of that of the of the 30s, 40s of that time period of of like kind of one of the guys who created science fiction as we know it now. Okay. And yeah, he just was talking to Asimov, and Asimov was like, "Wouldn't it be cool if he's like, oh, that'd be great. You should do that as a story." So Asimov wrote it as a story, and then. Then he's like, I want more of those stories. So like Asimov <laughs> wrote a few more of these short stories. And then it was decided later on, like 10 years later, we should, you know, someone came and said, we should like package these as a book. Like I want you to write like kind of a preface that will kind of tie them together. And then well, we'll what just was put the As- stories. Asimov known for before then? Or was he known for? I don't think he was. I mean, he's known as a, as, a, as a writer. But I think when he first, when he wrote the first foundation, he was still going to university. Like okay. he was so... He was a, was like, he writing for like sci-fi magazines or anything? Short he did for a while, and... but then he he moved out of that and was writing a lot of nonfiction stuff. Like he did like a Thinking Man's Guide to Chemistry and a Thinking Man's Guide to Biology and stuff like that, which are very good science books. I mean, they sound like the opposite of the For Dummies guides now. Yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> Can I, I mean, say now? Fifteen years ago, I yeah, get it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. It's been a while. Uh, we're still dummies though. But he, he uh, yeah, he wrote those books. I mean, they're dated, obviously, the day, but they're still interesting because he's a very good writer, and so they're very, they're very fun and very easy books to to, to digest. But you know, when he kind of, when the, so when this person came and said, "Oh, I want you to to like do this book," and so he's kind of like, "Well, I don't really do novels," but then he he did it, and then he found himself like kind of adding to it, and then yeah, I guess he'd be best known for iRobot, I guess, would be the book that he. Oh, he'd done that already. Okay. I don't think no, I don't think so. I think. I think he did that after the. I don't know. I don't really know his okay. career like super super well. I'm not. I'm not an Asimov head, as they're called. Yeah, ass head. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> um. Here's okay. So I'm going to uh, take the car. I'm going to back the car up. Boop, I'm just going to park it boop, over here and try boop, to boop. not even tangent into what I was going to talk. So about. this is this is what you wanted to talk about from the beginning of the show. Uh, see, this is the thing. It's yeah. like it's a. This just feels so unnatural with this damn podcast. It's like, it's not a thing where you're just like, uh, hey, hey. It's just like, ah, uh, wait, you, you have a topic? Boo. <laughs> Boo. This is a conversation. <laughs> anyway, yeah. what's, your, what's your, what, what are you, Boo. What, what, what are you bringing the Boo. show to a crashing Boo. halt Boo. to talk about, Main sir? Shasta Cola flavors <laughs> or soda pop flavors. Okay. I guess. Tutti frutti. Um, <laughs> No, I um, I was uh, I, I I wrote kind of a joke on Twitter, which was uh, which was <laughs> sorry I thought of a separate joke I wrote on Twitter. I, uh, I, dr- I dreamt a joke by the way, and oh. I wrote it on Twitter. Yeah, which was uh, uh, someone I was watching someone doing stand up, mm-hmm. and in my dream they said um, 
you know, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm at the age now where I've got crow's feet. Uh, so now my shoes don't fit. <laughs> I thought that was a funny joke. In my that's dream. a good joke. Yeah. yeah. I woke up and I was like, I should write that down. That's pretty, <laughs> pretty good. That's pretty and good for a while you go like, I can't write that. That's uh, someone else's joke. Yeah. In your dream. <laughs> But it's, that's part of your brain. You're allowed to. I don't know. Another person in my brain said it. Yeah. And I literally have problems now. The with joke that. thief. Yeah. I feel like I'm a joke thief of of my subconscious. <laughs> I feel like my subconscious is going to be like, hey. I guess. Well, I guess that's how. Not to go too far off tangent, but I guess that's how Paul McCartney felt about yesterday. Because there was a song that came to him in a dream, and he couldn't believe that he could write a song that easily. That that should be able to happen. Like yeah. it should be hard work, not just be given to you in a in a dream. Well, I've had I've had dreams where uh, I'm I'm lucid enough yeah. that I look around and I see the background. And I go, "This is too complicated." Yeah, I couldn't be coming up with all of this. This doesn't make any sense. Like, <laughs> I'm look at this detail over here, and I'm talking to people. I'm going, "Look at this detail. Uh. Why would I come up with this? This little apple stand over here, and all the different fruits. I don't know what these fruits are. What's this about? Where's this? This isn't coming from me. <laughs> and it's like it is. It's coming from your head. This is all your head. I don't know. Oh, oh, I told Something's you. Something's weird about this. This makes no sense. I'm waking up. I told you that classic story of uh, that when I had a dream where I was performing with the SCTV people. This is back in the the days of SCTV. Right. Was uh, Martin Short part of the cast yet? Ah, uh, yeah. This was the NBC time. Okay. So it wasn't the Harold Ramis years. Uh, no. This is after that. Okay. We're good. Thanks for giving me the exact. No, no, it's fine. Time. Right. And so I. Moranis uh, has now joined the cast. Yes. I and I had this dream and, and I woke up and I was just like, oh my god, I got to write this down because it was such a great sketch. So I wrote it down and then I went back to sleep. In the morning, I woke up and I was like, oh, that sketch. And I looked at it and it just said chicken soup. That's all I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> not a clue. It did not help me. Oh well, it was funny in my dream. <laughs> no, whatever it was, sense. whatever it was, it was great. I'm, I would I would like to see that uh, next time. You run into any members of SCTV, tell them that and say, like, could you write a sketch, please, about chicken soup and literally make my dreams come true. Well, I just think that shows, like, how, you know, at that time I was writing a lot of sketches because we were doing Footlights at that time. And so I was writing a lot. So my mind was always thinking about possible sketches, the sketch Mm -hmm. ideas, right? And so even in your subconscious, it becomes, it starts to infiltrate your subconscious and your subconscious is like, oh, I'll help you. (laughs) Give you, give you some help. Yeah. And yeah, then, it's like it's almost like Clippy shows up from you know Microsoft. Yeah, and just like so, looks like you're writing sketches that have the N word in them. <laughs> Perhaps I should write another sketch for you, <laughs> so you don't go to the mat for this one. <laughs> like, good job, Clippy. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, I just think of the things we pitched. <laughs> like we literally were trying to like get the N word by our teacher, who was black. <laughs> I, I like, don't. I don't even remember that, but that's fine. I honestly don't remember that at all. Oh yes, yes, a hundred percent, yes, huh. yes. Uh, I don't. Yeah. It's not that I don't believe you. It's just that no, no. It, I it's can probably show, so I can horrible sh- in my mind I can that, show I... you that we we did the sketch on television, edited. Okay. Uh, an edited version of it in okay. our uh, in our TV special. Oh, okay. And I can. I, I can, never want to. I, I, I never want to see. I can that. point at that uh, one one line and just go like. This was the edited version. Yeah. This was going to be the other thing. Yeah. We were going to do this on stage yeah. because we thought it was a good idea. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it was. Wow. I'm sure it was Holy not meant. Holy moly. I'm sure. Holy I'm sure, moly. I'm sure we had some sort of good 
good aim and it wasn't just like yeah. a mean use of that word or anything no 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 it was it was uh it was trying to be shocking yeah like that was the thing you're yeah. you're a kid you're doing comedy you want to be shocking and that was absolutely a shocking thing. Yeah. And uh, luckily we got uh, we got uh, shouted down. So that was <laughs> good. Got... Well done. Well, it was probably a firm no, not a shout, shouty no. That teacher was more of a firm no person. That was a very, very firm no. <laughs> <laughs> good for him. Mm-hmm. I thank, don't think there was an option. Thank you. Uh, I don't thank think there was you, an teacher. option besides the school shutting down. We were probably upset, or I was probably upset at the time. But, mm-hmm. but, and how. But now? He had some good arguments against it, and... None of them mattered because <laughs> holy shit! Anyway. It's good. There and should then, be a creative. And then we cut to the audience, and Doctor Doom's there, going like, "What? <laughs> oh, I guess you can't say anything nowadays." <laughs> Bunch of real Reed Richards running this place. That's right. I said at that time, I said, "I will not let cancel culture take away this sketch." And people said, "What does that mean?" It's like, I have no idea. I have no idea. I am really <laughs> looking forward to Expo '86 when that comes up. All right. So, what is your topic? Oh, there's no what way is your topic? I'm getting to it now. Yeah, you can get to it. Let's let's hear your topic. Come oh, on. Okay. Come on. No, I just did a little bit of a joke on Twitter. Where yeah. I was saying, you know, late at night when I was frustrated with things, I was trying to do things. It was another day where it was like I got like next to nothing done. Okay. Um, though, if my if uh, my wife was to hear me say that, she'd go, "You got this done and this done and this done." I go, mm-hmm. "I know, but I know what I can get done. I don't feel like I'm getting stuff done." <laughs> and, and so my, my tweet yeah. was to all to all of you out there doing stuff. How? Mm. And on Twitter, it was taken kind of as a joke, and people yeah. responded to it as a joke. But yeah. on Facebook, Ooh. Uh, got uh, forty-eight, uh, so got fifty-seven uh, responses. Oh, to it, and very helpful. I'm, I'm sure it was interesting because it was like it became like, how are you doing stuff now through all this? Okay, and okay. so uh, I'm going to say some of the names of people that we might know, yeah, and other people I won't because you know I don't want to say names of people who wouldn't want their name said, but I think they want their name said. All right, this sounds really interesting. So it was like, uh, to all of you doing stuff, how? Yeah. Uh, Gavin, our friend Gavin Pitts, sure. says, spite mostly. Mm-hmm. Like, eh? Well, that used to be a motivator for you. Yeah. Uh, uh, another person, Alexandra uh, Stason, uh, says, I'm not. <laughs> uh, too bad. Uh, and Mike Brown, I painted two rooms in two days. Coffee and carb-filled foods. Nice. his uh, motivator. Sounds like some good spaghetti there. Uh, Ian uh, Kreishen, uh, sheer bloody-mindedness. Mm. Uh, Robin Bougie, cartoonist. I push uh, my former s- friend of the show. Yeah, that's right. I push myself to keep drawing and writing. Pardon me. <clears throat> uh, because I know it's good for my mental health to be creating. Yeah. I know how terrible I'll feel if I'm not at least trying to be productive. Mm. Which that I feel that way myself. That's a good. That's a good thing. Uh, a good thing to say. Another say. person here. I am mostly resting and taking a break. It is productive in its own way. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Uh, Sandra Seamus uh, is a person best known for her one-woman show, My Boyfriend's Back and There's Going to Be Laundry. Mm. Uh, she's <laughs> quite well-known in Canada. Yeah. Um, and she was also uh, used to work on Fraggle Rock. Nice. Um, and she has a dozer. She has a home where she's got a yeah. lot of uh, plants, almost like a farm. And oh. so her response is, Change of season, swapping out summer, preparing for winter, creating space for stuff in storage, uh, putting the garden to bed. Lots has to happen because winter is coming. Mm. So for her, the motivation is, listen, yeah. the weather doesn't care. <laughs> uh, That's good. And a person, compulsion and routines rolled into a need for survival. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kelly Tyndall, the uh, cartoonist, uh, says, I have the framework of uh, needing to keep my kids, dog, and wife on schedule in that order. So that provides a schedule for my day. Anything else I can get done, that is gravy. 
Mm -hmm. So just doing the basics. Yeah. Uh, another person, it comes in waves, but it goes out in waves too. I'm just following my own flow. Uh, hmm. Another person, tea, chocolate, wine, naps. <laughs> uh, another person, Bev and Thomas, uh, because if I don't, I'll flunk out of university. Terror is the ultimate motivator. Yes. Uh, Rebecca, uh, friend Rebecca, uh, mm -hmm. says, I make a goal list of things to do and checking off the list is a great feeling. Wow, that's I've tried that, yeah. I'm so. not a list person, but both of my daughters are list people. Like, they love to make lists, particularly Mary. Mm -hmm. she, makes, she has, like, books and books of lists, lists of names, lists of whatever. Yeah. Right now, Eve has an Excel spreadsheet of everything she needs to get for the basement, for, the, for their, for their move. Out, for yeah. their move, yeah. So she's got, you know, I need a bed, I need, I need a bureau, I need a desk, da, da, da. So she's been going through everything she needs, you know, and, and checking off her list and... And fretting over it and everything else. So, yeah, uh, it's not me. I'm not. I don't plan in that way. I have. To, I'm very much uh, off the cuff sort of a person. Uh, there is a, an actor who uh, Jada O'Connor, Jada O'Connor, who used to be on uh, the Irrelevant show, and she's mm -hmm. put a gif of uh, sadness from Inside Out, uh, just kind of collapsing. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, uh, Kevin uh, Lena. I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. Uh, says I make a list of what I want to do, and then maybe make my bed. <laughs> and that's all. Uh, comedian Shane Clark says, "My landlord still expects me to pay rent once a month. Can you believe that shit?" <laughs> that is one of the motivators for me, for sure. Yeah. Uh, coffee and occasional Red Bull. Uh, another person. Oh, I am not. <laughs> huh. um, uh, Byron uh, McIsaac, who is a uh, improviser and comedian, mostly because I know I'll be able to, and no one else is going to do it for me. I accomplish this through sheer willpower and Scottish spite. So that is two spites. <laughs> two spites. Uh, you did mention that I used to use spite as a motivator, and I always think of spite now as a fuel that burns very hot and quick, but will not last. Yeah. Um, e. Kate Robbins. Uh, Kate Robbins writes. Happily, I'm still doing one to two video auditions a week, so I've had to learn to light, film, edit, reduce file sizes, etc., etc. Old doggies, new tricks. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's how they go about. Uh, Interesting. Doing that. that's, something, that's something I didn't think about, but you have, yes, you have to sort of become a one-person show if you want to do it that way. Uh, another person. All the things I fear I'm not up to are so daunting. I'm procrastinating and waiting because my new infant grandchildren are still vulnerable to COVID, and I fear anti-vaxxers might show up on set. This person is an actor, even though I'm double vaccinated. Uh, so it's good to know. Replying uh, to E.K. Robbins, another old dog has succeeded. Until then, doing lots of free babysitting uh, while the rust thickens. Hmm. Oh. Other people are just writing, uh, following, following. What? Just trying to get advice off here. My uh, my uh, friend uh, and landlord, Victor Lucas, who does a yeah. show called The Electric Playground. What the hell else am I going to do? The games and movies and shows won't play themselves, and i got to talk about them. And the people that make them, hashtag staying sane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people, their work is what makes them sane. Uh, another person here. Instead of having a daunting to-do list, I have a what-I-did-do list. Oh. I find I accomplish more than I think, even if it's just little things. It's encouraging. So at the end of the day, write down, what did you do? That's a good idea. Yeah, that's a nice idea. I like that idea. And I like a friend of mine, Martine Bollard, went, I include shower on my done list. Other people, <laughs> yes, that is that is a good thing to do. Huh. Uh, Ed Brisson is a uh, um, writer of comic books. I have to force myself to sit and work. My productivity is way, way down, but I'm happier with the work, so it's lose-win. 
Uh, Jerry Mulholland uh, it says, a cliche, but really one foot in front of the other right now, juggling a small business, a 94-year-old hospitalized mother, and a family leaves you with very little choice. Antidepressants, regular counselor appointments, and regular indulgences all help. Hmm. My friend Robin Kay says, I barely get anything done. I feel like I'm in a pond of molasses. Then a deadline looms, and I slog through. Hmm. feel very similar to that. Um, uh, deadlines and offspring. No choice. Also, I eat a lot of chocolate and drink a lot of tea. Uh, that's, a, that's the second uh, vote for chocolate and tea. Chocolate and tea seems to be uh, a reoccurring theme. <laughs> uh, my friend from France, Diane Hertog, says, I try not to think about it and stupidly push through. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Mark Asquith, who is one of the creators of the Space Channel and uh, uh, also created the Silver Snail um, uh, comic store, okay. says, I waited 30 years to write screenplays, so even COVID wasn't going to stop me. In fact, lockdowns may have helped. The one person who seems positive about this, Mark Asquith. He was also yeah. uh, one of the people behind the Anti-Gravity Room and Prisoners mm. of Gravity, oh, wow. two TV shows. Yeah. My friend Laura writes, managing worth work and assisting elderly family members who I adore is all I can seem to do. Washing my dishes feels like an accomplishment. <laughs> um, just asking myself this, I think it's because I don't have the option of doing things people depend on me. A person freelancing. Oh my God, I was just wondering this. All the, quite a few people were just going, yeah. They didn't realize they were in the same boat as all these other people. Uh, a friend Wahid says, it's been tough. I go to sleep every night thinking I can't do this anymore. Then each morning, I just give it one last go. Uh, Peter Brow uh, writes, uh, got so many ideas and just want to get them on paper. So my son and I brainstorm stuff all the time and we write it down. And then I finally just get that on the computer. That's enough. Uh, Marty Burtwell, comedian, because I need bank to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Jackie uh, Klokubar, I hope a clock, Ukar, what an excellent name that I'm having trouble pronouncing, says, thank you for the question. I keep going because I have a kid, but also diving deep into personal healing therapy and meditation practices have been keeping me somewhat balanced. <laughs> Our friend Nettie, uh, yeah. work stuff, health stuff, but not social group stuff. Hmm. Josh Chambers, uh, the stuff uh, we do is usually outside with immediate family and pals. We have, uh, take these things seriously. Otherwise, we have a list of, uh, sorry, but at the ready. Huh. Yeah, I know a lot of people with their sorry, but lists. <laughs> I just have a sore butt list. <laughs> oh, you. Me. Well, that's, you know, as long as you keep the nuts forward. Would... <laughs> it's always nuts forward for me. Yeah. Uh, Susan Ferguson, yeah. Uh, my friend, says, uh, every day I just stare into the void. So far, it hasn't stared back. Stupid void. <laughs> Very peanuts. Well done. Ugh! I'll add that. Uh, Nick, who runs the uh, Eighth Dimension comic store, says, win yeah. or lose, the answer is booze. <laughs> okay. Uh, Diane Greenlaw writes, too tired to be tired anymore. Our friend Craig, uh, nothing I do involves any social interaction. So, pretty much life's about the same as it's always been. Wow. Um, uh, what stuff? And the alternative uh, from Hilary Barta, cartoonist, the alternative is not doing stuff, so I just plod onward. Hmm. Yeah. So uh, it seems like make a list or make a list afterwards. <laughs> Chocolate and tea. Yeah. Uh, make it so that you don't have a choice. Yeah. Uh, the weather's coming, so sure. got to plan for winter. Do stuff with your kids. Or just motor through it. And uh, and let me say, 57 people responded to that, so just know this much. You are not alone in this, even though it feels like sometimes you are. Mm -hmm. You're not. 
people are having a hard time with this. And if you're not having a hard time, that's okay too. It's fine. You don't have to be guilty uh, that other people are having a harder time than you are. That's all right. We're all living our lives in our own way, and that's okay. But if you are having a hard time, you aren't alone in this, and uh, we are going to get through it. Yeah, it is interesting that the different levels of concern people have, for, through, especially at the beginning, when I think people are most not unsure of what was happening and how, how to respond and, and stuff. And I have, you know, I would definitely put myself in a sort of like, I've been okay through this. You've been, you've been an essential worker. I've been an essential I did get one response on Twitter that was more serious, which was a person who had to stock grocery shelves and yeah. resented it. Oh, yeah? That they were this essential worker and were put in danger. And, well, I can and, see that in a grocery store. I mean, I'm in a more, yeah. I'm in a less, I'm in a less, uh, you know, I don't have to deal with the general population right. walking th- through where I, where I am. And most, a lot of them not wearing masks, especially at that time. Like now... Masks are, are are very common now, but at that time, people had trouble getting their heads around the whole mask idea. And stuff are you like finding that. people are doing the political thing with the masks, like your customers and whatnot, or is it they're just no one on comments? Board? They just they just wear them now. Okay, like you know, maybe early on you could would get stuff, you know, um, you know, there's always going to be dumb dumbs who don't wear them and things, but you know, they can't come into the warehouse if they don't have a mask on, right? So, you know, and they, so they pretty much just wear them outside. And you're as too well. far away, I think, from like, you know, it's not, it's not like, a, like a restaurant or something like people have been gathering around, say, Earl's yeah. here and like doing, because it's an easy place to protest. And mm. so they protest and they try to get in. Yeah. And then if they're arrested, they film it and they make a big fuss out of it. Sure, and sure. That's, their, that's their thing. But there was no reason for them to do that where you work. No, that's right. Like, we, we don't. Uh... We don't, we're not open to the public, for one thing. It's just right. professionals who come in to pick up. You know, and so, so it's no place to make a scene. It's not the place to yeah, make your stand. You know, like So you, yeah. you want to get a door? You want to do your work? You have to have yeah. a mask. And that's just how it works. You know? We can't force you to be vaccinated, but we can at least control. You know, had, and winter's had, coming and people want a door. We had a guy. He's, you know, he's an okay person, but he's a, he's a ding-dong. He came up, he's from Portland. He came up yesterday and he was saying that his wife got covid and that she was feeling okay. And I, I said, well, you know, thank goodness she was vaccinated. I just assumed they were vaccinated. Yeah. And he says, oh, we're not vaccinated. And I said, well, that's more serious. Like, that makes me worried for you. Yeah. You know? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, well, you know, you know, as long as you're healthy and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, no, it's got nothing to do Oy. with that. And then yeah. he says, you know, we had a 44-year-old guy at our church die from COVID. And I, I don't know why that happened. Yeah, because he's not vaccinated. That's why it happened. Of course, I can't say that to him, right? Yeah. You're just kind of like thinking in your mind. And right? the new strain is worse. I think yeah. we know why that happened, you know, yeah. but I can't, you know, he's a customer, so you can't like get into a big, big fuss about this stuff. Um, he's very conservative. You know, he's one of those people who's like, you know, oh, they're tearing apart Portland when they had the Black Lives Matter protests. Well, they're tearing apart a very small part of Portland. You know, it's, you know, it's not like the whole city's on, in a, a flame. It's just like one area where everyone's agreed, this is where we'll make, we'll make our stand. Yeah. And, you know, you, everyone else can go about their days, you know. But, um, yeah, it's just, it's just so silly, you know. And, like, you know, he's got a mask on and he's, it's constantly going down under, you know, so his nose is sticking out of it. You're sure. Like, you're not helping yourself. Why don't you throw the mask away if you're just going to have your nose sticking out of it? But, uh, yeah, this is, I don't know. People are silly, and we have our we have our a person who was unvaccinated, got COVID, ended up in the ICU, lost twenty pounds in a week. He's coming back to 
he's going back tomorrow. He's not. He doesn't work with us, but okay. he picks up from us every day. I want. I want to ask how they were doing. Yeah. yeah, he picks up every day from us, and he's going back tomorrow. He his doctor said he's not contagious, so he's he he. As long as he's wearing a mask, he's allowed to come into the the building and stuff. Originally, the plan was that he would just stay in his truck and we would just load it and then he would leave, but. Because he's been cleared to have contact with humans, that's fine. I don't think it's healthy for people to also have no contact with humans when they're going through these sort of things. I just don't know where he is. He doesn't. He still refuses to, to get vaccinated. He says there's a lot of questions about it. I don't know. What, what are these questions? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> what are the questions? Um, so, you know, he's not going to do that. And oh, I just feel so silly. It's, uh, my, my, it's such a dumb stand. My, it's a dumb stand, but it's like, you know, there's there's times where you're like, everything is us and them, mm-hmm. and that's that's definitely the stance that's being taken there. Is like, you know, uh, we're, we're them, and so they're in us, and we gotta like fight it. But and, and you know, it's it's you know, and and of course, you know, they're, they're people are contagious and they're spreading a disease, and it's of course yeah. you're gonna be angry about it. But there's a bigger thing about just like how did these folks who are normal you know yes you know you would you would three years ago you wouldn't have thought this three years ago you'd have dinner at their place and everything's fine and dandy and you know you might hear one or two things they say that you're like "Mm -hmm." but (laughs) but that's it they wouldn't be like opposed to taking a a a, you know you would stopping a plague yeah Yeah. you wouldn't think this would be the problem it's like there's killer bees outside well let's open the doors (laughs) it's like no we shouldn't open the doors i'm not gonna let those bees push me around um but it's but it's Facebook and social media and all these things and 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 these people and and they're so new that they have no mental protection from this brainwashing situation. They really they really don't. Well, I mean, yeah, they're very they're there's a a type. I feel like there's a type that is a smart person who's uneducated, but they feel like they're smart and yeah. they're not appreciated because they don't have the diploma to prove that they're intelligent. And so one way to show you're intelligent is to know stuff that other people don't know right you know i think that's a real driver of q stuff you know because you have the answers and if only all these sheep these blind people could understand you know they would be as smart as you but and the default default position is the government's keeping stuff from yeah you, yeah which exactly. it's not wrong well, it's not wrong and it's i mean the government has made i think have made a lot of mistakes in its approach to this the government has given people syphilis <laughs> As an ex- as an experiment and let them die. Yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah, you know what? If you're if you're a black person in America and you were afraid of you know injections from the government, fair enough. Yeah, you're yeah. you you probably have a relative that was around during that time who you know. Good point. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah, you know it's not like this stuff has never happened. Okay, and it's mm-hmm. weird to me, by the way, when there's all these people who will compare uh, vaccinations and the vaccination cards to Hitler. Yeah, it's like it's not Hitler compare like i don't want to make an argument for you guys but like the argument is vaccinations have been given in the past that gave people syphilis yeah so like that's the thing to bring up if you're going to argue this point yeah not nazi germany because that's nothing to fucking do with it but like the same people who are giving you this vaccination a couple of decades ago were giving a different vaccination and they did this yeah that's the argument but i don't want to you know fuel the i don't want to give fuel to them but sorry continue well it's just that it's it's not that government is insidious and evil. It's just that its interests aren't nece- doesn't don't necessarily align with its citizens. Well, in that case, I think it was pretty evil. No, no, I'm just, yeah. but I just mean like yeah. in, that, in modern times, right. like I just feel like you know, government is about business, and business needs you know people to be mobile, needs people to be out and about, needs you know, so everything that's 
been decided and, and done has been done in a way to make business happy, whether it's restaurants, clubs, bars, you know, wh- whatever, the, you know, things, things that have lobbies that go to the government and say, yeah. Hey, we're mad at you. And we're not going to give you money. That's the thing. It's money. Yeah. yeah we're, you know, uh, unless you do this, you know, why, why are churches closed and restaurants open? I mean, it's different now, obviously, but before, like why were restaurants open and churches closed? That doesn't make any sense. Right. The reason restaurants are a big lobby and they have a lot of say in government Churches don't. They're not a big lobby. So screw you, churches. Too bad. You are just part of the general cl- shutdown. And I'm not bitter about it because that's just what it was. Like, whatever. But Yeah, there are people talking about, like, just but, shut down bars completely and liquor stores. I'm just like, well, let's watch a riot happen. <laughs> and so, so yeah, it's just... But, I mean, to people, people who are really churchy, you know, they're like, well, I don't understand. Like, I just want to go to church yeah. every day and two times on Sunday. Yeah. And you're, you're not letting me. I don't understand. Because if people can go to a restaurant and sit in a restaurant and eat, why can't I go to a church and sit in a church? And I'm not eating. I'm just in a church. Mm-hmm. And the government's like, no. And they're not going to give you a reason. You know, we're also going to, like, release statistics that are, that are uh, you know, we're going to shave off some parts of the statistics. We're not going to give you the full statistical breakdown of things. We're not going to break down by neighborhood. We're not going to break down. Mm-hmm. We're going to cut people off, like people who are, you know, don't meet some sort of criteria of seriousness, we're going to leave them out of the stats. We're going to, you know, we're not going to release information about children, how, what's happening in the schools. You know, that all feels very underhanded. You know, if government was more open in its, what, in its dealings and what it was releasing, people would be, have less reason to be paranoid. Do you think so? I wonder. I wonder. I think that... I, think, I don't think it's going to... I think it gives fuel to an already... Yeah. A fire that's already I, I, there. I completely see your argument on that. The The other side of things, I think, is like, people can only take so much. And then it's, you know, it's that game of spill the beans. We put like beans on and then eventually yeah. put one bean too many and it spills over. Yeah. It's like, people will take so much. And then that one extra thing will be too much. And I think, I think like if you give I them don't think so it's... much information and so much and now we got to give it to the kids as well and do this, maybe, maybe they'll just, well, fuck it then. Forget it. Forget it. Then it's too much. Then we can't do anything and uh, we might as well just let this herd immunity. But Fine. Yeah, but that's, that's a reaction that's already happening. So rather than, but the problem is, is that that reaction's happening with the paranoia of the fact yeah. that the government's holding stuff back from us. What else are they holding back from us? It feels like the paranoia would be there regardless. Yeah, I don't think the government yeah, could possibly if, give you enough well, information that I, maybe that's the case. Would ever think. That's possibly the case, but at the same time, when they are doing it, when instead of just being honest and saying we don't have enough masks, yeah, we don't have enough masks, saying we don't need masks right now, it's not going to help. And then later on, going actually, you should be wearing masks because now we have enough masks, we can we can recommend it, right. You know, and that's the reason they the reason they did not recommend masks at the beginning was because they were worried about the supply of masks. They would not be able to get them into the hospitals, and the hospitals were more important to get them into the general that's right. populace. That's right. Because the hospitals would save more lives than the general populace. And yeah, you can't save the general populace. Look. And look. It, maybe it's a sad fact that you have to baby the population and not and speak down to them and and treat them like they're children and hold back and to say just because. Well, I mean, Why do I have to wear a mask? Same t- because at that same time, you know, that was when people were swarming grocery stores and you couldn't get toilet paper yeah, yeah. or yeast. Yeah. Like it was just like <laughs> Well, yeast was a different thing. Okay. I mean, both of those are different. Well, both of those are Like pro- I went to the supermarket problems. and yeah. yeah, there was absolutely no toilet paper and there was nothing in the baking area. Yeah. Like it was gone. Yeah. So it's like, okay, if you were to say to people because the importance of masks, but yeah. hey, listen, 
don't use a lot of them because we're going to need them for hospitals. Yeah. When people are like, get out of my way, fucker. You know, I'm going to get those masks. Yeah. You know, but no, we actually need them for hospitals. I don't care. Yeah. yeah. It's me. It's about me. Sure, sure. It feels like that me, me, me vibe was there. That's, the under, that's understandable. But I just mean, but at the same time, it creates an unfortunate effect where yeah. the government looks like it's being two-faced. Mm-hmm. You know, it's different. Like toilet paper and stuff like that and yeast was because, you know, for a year people were, were at home. You know, instead of going to work and using the toilet paper at work, they're having to go to the store and buy toilet paper. So the industrial toilet paper... Well, they paper, didn't know it was going to be a year uh, when the toilet paper went missing. That was like... No, no. Months. It's just because the supply lines yeah. were, were based on on what people buy in a week. Right. And then... People started hoarding. And then... Even if they didn't hoard. Even if this, everyone went to the store and just bought yeah. their regular supply, that suddenly they need more at home because yeah. they're at home all day. But that yeah. wasn't what caused them all to. That, that wasn't what caused the 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 shelves to be to be down. Yeah. That was in the no. It was in the early days. You know, before they knew it was going to be months and months and months and months and months of of all this. Yeah, they, but they still were staying at home. People yeah, were still at home. Like instead of being at work, they're at home. But they suspected There's two different supply lines for toilet paper. Yeah. There's industrial toilet paper gotcha. that goes to commercial businesses and stuff like that, and then there's the home toilet paper. But if I'm remembering when the hoarding began, yeah. The mindset for people wasn't that we were going to be stuck at home for a huge amount of time. It yeah. was they just wanted all the toilet paper they could. Own. They just wanted all of the toilet paper. Yeah, <laughs> sure. it was that. It was that mindset. There was always that prepper yeah. mentality of like, you know, you got to have all the thing of cans, and yeah. you got to have this, and then it was like, okay, now get it all, and because other people were getting it all, that's yeah. triggered other people. Sure. Like, we got to get it all, and people didn't even fucking need it or even weren't worried about it. Sure, but because they were going. Yeah. I mean, yeast is the same thing. Like, people, just, everyone decided, you know, it'd be fun to bake at home because we've never, you don't have time in your life for baking. There was a bit of it'll be fun, and there was also a bit of we might not have bread like in the next little while. Well, so, maybe. like, the only way to know that you're going to yeah. have food on your table, yeah. and bread is the most basic food people can think of, is I got to have a shitload of flour and yeah. I got to have some yeast. But, but we didn't run out of flour, we just ran out of yeast. I think people had enough flour. Flowers and big ass bags, and yeah. people probably had enough. It's just, but store because, but the fact is that stores only stock so much yeast because people do not bake that much for yeah. yeast. So they have like a limited amount. Sure. And then people buy it all and it's gone. And then how, what do you do then? You have to reorder it. And the, and the people, this, the, the yeast makers are like, well, we don't have enough yeast because everyone's buying yeast yeah, from us. This is, I think, like in this case, both things are true. I think, like, that you know, you you should tell the government should tell people what's going on, yes, but people will always try to take anything that the government yeah, says and take it too far and 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 not believe. So, sure, even if you're being that, told the truth is truth yeah. that ever truthed, yeah, yeah, it's like well, it's like gas in England right now, like everyone's fighting and getting mad at each other, and there's long gas lineups. And it's not that there's no gasoline. There's lots of gasoline. It's just that there's no truckers to drive the gas to the gas stations. Mm-hmm. So they need like 5,000 truckers to, to man, man these tankers. They don't have them because Brexit has cut off their supply, their supply of truckers. And so everything, it's a shit show right now. Yeah. But it's going to, you know, so now people are, of course, getting panicky. But it's there. It's still there. Like, there's no reason to panic. But yes, you're right. People are unfortunate in, in their... Uh, Reactions. Yeah, it's like it's like maybe we are children that need to be well coddled and lied to and fooled. fooled I just, into going I to just bed. think that there's a giant fooling machine, which is social media right now. 
that like Im- immediately feeds into your fears and then gives you comfort. And the comfort is this is an us versus them. And let me give you something comforting. I'm going to give you a comforting bit of information. Yeah. Backs up what you believe, even if that's complete bullshit. Yeah. It backs up what you believe and it gives you comfort. And you're, and again, I was just saying you're not alone to all these other folks, but it makes you feel like you're not alone. People, people believe what you believe. Mm-hmm. You're not crazy. I know your friends think you're crazy. You're not. They believe you're. This doctor says what you believe is true. Yeah. And, uh, and there you go. And it's you know it's oh, a, that doctor. They might also say something about demon sperm. We can <laughs> look into that or not. You know. Oh, I thought, meant, I thought you were talking somewhere. about the Canadian doctor who who uh, is uh, against the vaccine. Oh, is there a Canadian doctor? Yeah, there's some Ontario pediatrician. She's against. Uh, She's against the vaccine and talks about using the hydro whatever it's called and yeah. and ivermectin and stuff like that, you know. Much better. I mean, if you if you got pharmacy grade ivermectin is I guess it's fine, but don't go don't go buy veterinary right. veterinary grade ivermectin. That's not a good idea. Yeah, again, it's like what's the difference between getting a vaccine you don't understand and getting uh, you know, even if it's pharmacy grade, mm-hmm. you know, uh, thing, but you st- you don't understand that, but you don't understand either, but you know, one is uh, recommended by us and yeah. one is recommended by them. <laughs> and you can't trust them and and us will protect you. And so you wrap yourself in all the us you can and uh and then the the more things go wrong, the more us you want. So you'll never like tap into the them. You'll never you'll never let that other information in because it's 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 terrifying. You've got to got to go all in. And it's what what do you call that in gambling where you've bet so much you've got to keep betting? Do you know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about, but I don't know what it's called. Yeah, it's like the something of it's called the Jennifer Tilly. It's called the Jennifer. She does quite well. But it's like, yeah, you've you've bet so much mm-hmm. that you've got to keep betting, yeah, uh, because you can't walk away at this point mm-hmm. uh, because you've invested so much into it. Sure, that this, the devastation of you uh, giving up at this point would be too much. So it's better for you to lose everything <laughs> than it is for you to stop now yeah. and take the pain of you know your your losses. You wow. know, it's better to it's better yeah. to all or nothing than <laughs> than than something, that's and that's real. a that's a real way that gamblers get fucked up. Mm-hmm. Is is that? Oh, it's a really good phrase. It was <laughs> it was a phrase that got brought up a couple, a couple of times because you know, and, and uh, rest in peace, Norman Macdonald. Yeah. But you know, he lost his fortune a couple of times. Okay. And it was a lot of times it was because of that because you're so far in, mm-hmm. you got to keep going. Yeah, I was listening to someone telling a story about him throwing sixty thousand dollars into the sea. In Atlantic City, because uh, he just felt like that sixty thousand was just mean he was going to lose more money because he would just take that sixty grand and start gambling again and just lose more money. So yeah. he won sixty grand, so he just threw it away and then had to worry about it. Yeah, I guess that helped. because there's there's no food banks there and the charities that you can send <laughs> some to. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. I think it was just a a, mo- a spur of the moment decision that didn't necessarily have have anything but an emotional sense Doesn't to it. Doesn't it seem like there should be a thing at a, and of course there's not going to be because why would they? But if there'd be a thing at a casino where, you know, near the doors, it's like y- you have a charity, you know, just like a <laughs> bin that you could just like throw your money into this those bin. Those good-hearted casinos, of course. Why, they all have those there. <laughs> just something. Well, because you're going to walk out the door with it anyway, so you're not getting that money, right? They don't even want you to walk out the door. Yeah, that's true. Everything that makes you walk out the door is a problem. <laughs> yep. Yeah, once you've walked out the door, you can't take the money out because then uh, people will attack you. But yeah, <laughs> if there was just something where like you've it's it's that generosity where you're just like I won all this, and then you tip 
your uh, the the person who you know uh, your your dealer the dealer yeah and uh, it's like that kind of thing but it's like that for charity it's just like I want da 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 oh you want to give some to the poor sir well yes of course I want to give some to the poor here take it but like in that case with Dorm sure. McDonald I'm sure you know if there was like something that was sure legit yeah you know here you take the money but no you're in Vegas so into the sea it goes yeah and the then sea you, in Vegas and then you uh, <laughs> then you see watch uh, how people can swim in that pool that they call the sea <laughs> the silver sea yeah where the hell did sorry where did he throw the money into it was in Atlantic City Atlantic City sorry about yeah. that all right. That's a story. I don't even know if it's apocryphal. Like, these are all guys talking, yeah. right? So there's a lot of it's bullshit story. stories about people. There's a lot of bullshit stories about people, like, you know. So I knew Norm, and this is what happened when I knew Norm. Yeah. It's, it feels like there's just this bigger thing right now of, like, you know, we're so susceptible to, one, uh, viruses, and so susceptible <laughs> to these mental viruses that Always. are just, you yeah. know, yeah, there. And, like, those, in, in this case... You know, we have just so, it feels like we've had Facebook for forever, but we haven't. Mm. It's so new that we have had no resistance to it. Uh, and, and, and both of these things have now come together to have people just going like, I don't, I don't want to be safe and I'll, I'll take my chances with the plague. There's a YouTuber who um, does kind of like a news thing where he, he's very animated and talk, talks about... Some more news? Or some more news, yeah. And he just did one... used to be on Cracked, I think. That, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I think he also was like on the Young Turks and things. But anyway, so he just did put out one just recently where he was talking about uh, like meme culture and stuff like that. And, and he was and he was speculating like what if Trump had succeeded in bringing the vaccine out? And he was speculating the idea that the left then would be against the the vaccine because they would be reacting to it as a, as a Trumpian thing, and that they wouldn't want to give him that that the credit for for his pushing the you know, uh, pushing the vaccine through and getting this thing done in, in record time and, you know, project straight ahead or whatever they called it <laughs> and, okay. and stuff. And and then the left would be the one who would be memeing against it now. And we'd have this left-wing based, you know, uh, not all left-wing people, this way all right-wing people aren't against getting vaccinated. Right. You know, but you still have this crazies on this one side of the spectrum and I thought that was an interesting, interesting idea. That uh, and of course you you want to go. No, no, we would never be that way, or the left would never be. Liberals would never be that. But probably there'd be people that would be emotionally. Some some would be. The weirdest thing would be uh, that you're going with a guy within a year who went from this doesn't exist to here's the cure for the thing that I said. Well, doesn't. yeah, but he was pushing hard for the vaccine when mm-hmm. he was president. Like and- even though. It was. Uh, the, he was downplaying it, but he was downplaying it because business reasons. Yeah, many, many reasons. Un- understood. But then, how do you? It's not that he didn't believe it was real. No, I understand. But you've got to lay down a narrative yeah. for your story, and the sure. problem is he never admits that he was wrong. Yeah. Now, and that's the problem. Is like you've now got two distinct stories here. One is. This was a liberal or whatever progressive hoax. Yeah. And also, here is the vaccine that will cure this horrific disease. Yeah. How do you merge those two stories? You've got to. Though. He has to. And he, I mean, he just would have done it. I mean, how, he just would have. But how do you do that? Cognitive dissonance, the same way he works all the time. Just You just change your story partway through, right? It's like watching Dark Shadows. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. All right. Suddenly a character is a different character. Uh-huh. And you, but because it's a, two, two months later or six months later in the news cycle, no one, people aren't going to question it, right? He just change, He just switches the story. And, uh-huh. and, you know, first he's like pro-China, then he's anti-China, then he's pro-China, then he's anti-China. Just depends sure, where you sure. catch him in the in the story, right? Yeah, and he was he was there was 
a thing called it wasn't called Project Straight Ahead, but it was like a name, like yeah, yeah. Project. Let's get speedy, it done. Speedy, yeah. uh, speedy uh, Stabo. Yeah, that's right. Speedy, Speedy Jabo. And then, uh, you know, because he want, you know, he knew he needed a vaccine to win the election. Sure. You know, this is before like uh, the 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 uh, riots and stuff in in in, yeah. min, in in Minneapolis. Was it Minnesota or whatever? You know, in Wisconsin or whatever. That you know, then he was able to kind of ride that to some to some degree. But before that. It looked like the sh- his ship was sinking. The economy was tanking because of the, the virus and and everything else, and it was looking bad. Okay. And but if he'd been able to have like a vaccine come out, then he would have been the hero. So he was really pushing it. He was pushing for that to get done. Gotcha. But again, it's I know in, you don't want to give him that narrative. No, no, it's not because there was something that was happening. That's you can't not unrate that. No, no, fact. no. I'm just saying. He look. He's a guy that that has written in on fiction like sure. his, everything that he said basically yeah like almost everything he said mm-hmm. has been bullshit yeah but you can't have two completely different types of bullshit and, <laughs> Why and, not? Then, and then there's a third type of bullshit yeah. the third type of bullshit was where he got uh covid yeah and then he he what was what was the uh the thing that he took i can't remember it's like yeah it was something like resurrect gen. shawnee zappa zappa zappa, <laughs> zappa whatever it was but he came out yeah. just like I took it. I feel great. Yeah. It cured me. And and here's what I'm gonna do. And this is what he said. Yeah. Was he was like, I'm gonna offer this for free to every American. And he said that. <laughs> he said like I'm yeah. gonna offer this for free. Yeah. To every American. Yeah. So like okay, the narrative goes from uh, this was a hoax. It's yeah. not real. Mm-hmm. Then he catches it. Yeah. So it's real. Uh, and uh, and I was cured. I've got a cure. Yeah. I'm telling you, I have a cure. Yeah. And I'm going to give you the cure. And then he said it was for free. I'm going to give you this cure for free. Well, this is great. Let's believe him. Yeah. He's going to give us this cure for free. And then all of a sudden, from left field comes this vaccine. Yeah, that we're going to give you this vaccine. But wait a second. Uh, you've said that you had a cure already. What about that shit? Sure. This is the thing. Like, so he, are you saying then if they had invented the vaccine, if they right. had the vaccine how ready... Se- how, does he sell a, he, how does he sell what he has been against? And he has, wasn't against the vaccine, though. Yes, he was, because he... No, he didn't believe in the virus. He was not against the vaccine. He was, he was pushing to have the vaccine made. But there's no point to have a vaccine made if you've already got the vaccine. That's the problem. It's like he's saying, like, you know, listen, I'm going to feed you all. I've got the most delicious food yeah. that will uh, feed you all, and you and it's perfectly healthy, and it made me great, and I've got this great food for you. Yeah. Okay, fuck that. I've you got to eat this stuff over here. Wait, what about <laughs> that food you just said yeah. you're going to serve us? By the way, you also just told us you're not really hungry. You're just imagining it. You told us that earlier. Yeah. No, 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 no. I've got food, and now I've got this food over here instead. Fuck this. This food I just said I was for free. Let me tell this you a long out. story about a washing machine. I'm going to talk about my friend, my yeah. good friend, who has a yacht. Man, the parties we had in that yacht were something, something else, everyone. Yeah. Quite the thing. Tremendous parties. Tremendous parties. Anyway, the vaccine. It's coming out pretty soon. We're going to have that ready for you. It's going to be tremendous. It's and a do tremendous you think, vaccine. And do you think uh, that this vaccine would have been offered in, let's say, all neighborhoods? Or do you think... Uh, do you think certain certain whiter neighborhoods would have gotten it first? Didn't with uh, didn't the vaccine come out during Trump's presidency, like during the tail end of it, and they did like a shit show of a job getting it distributed? Yeah, that sounds about right. So I mean, it was coming out under Trump. Yeah, it was but, just too late for him in terms of his presidency. But I mean, they were distributing it. They just made a mess of it because they're inept. They're just inept idiots. Right. But then you had that, a government that, that was going to give it hopefully, equally around the country. Mm-hmm. Do you think this government, which has been so obviously racist, would have would have done that or would have just 
you know, giving it to their backers first and giving it, I mean, his whole thing was always like, what have you done for me lately to like all these states? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. know. I, but you, you can speculate about that, but I don't know. I'm just saying that I just think it's an interesting uh, point about that. The idea mm. of that, the, the idea of meme culture can, it can go both ways. I mean, you can have like lunatics on the left as you can have lunatics the on the prob- right. Okay. But the problem, I mean, it's not equal though. Because the, <laughs> okay. and it really isn't because the right. narrative, uh, no, yeah. because the narrative on one side is this is real. Yeah, we need to create. Uh, we need to, and and you know we're talking with Fauci and all these scientists, yeah, yeah. And, and this and everything that the that side of things said, sure, uh, w- came true, and then it kept coming true, and then they kept doing what they said they were going to do, and then they developed the uh, the uh, the the vaccine based yeah. on old covid information that they had yeah and and they created it and here it is whereas the other side is there's a straight line you can see it and it's like okay and you and, and then you can go wait a minute there's shit you're not telling us yeah. you could possibly do that that's fair enough you're going to do that if it's us versus them yeah. but the other side i've got three distinct stories and i'm probably forgetting five other stories <laughs> sure that have come down the pike yeah yeah of course there's reason to doubt that shit that like this va- that this vaccine that this government that yeah. has done nothing but lie to you yeah. is now telling you will save your life. This guy was just fucking lying to you over Christmas over this over this. Yeah. Uh, no, it would have it would have been it would have been given to everyone in the country as quickly as it could be. Yeah, yeah. Which which be- under 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 Trump. Right, and you would have to trust him because it's business. The more people who are vaccinated, mm-hmm. the less risk there is of people getting sick. The better it is for the economy. The better it is for the stock market. Right. Or... Which is what he was looking at all the time, uh-huh. right? Does he then believe, you know, uh, does he then put the proper safety precautions? Because cause listen, the other side looks like they are doing the safety precautions that are traditionally done. Yeah. Him, yeah, I don't know about that. I that's the thing. Him, his motivation clearly is yeah. a selfish motivation for political purposes. Yeah. No shit. Like, it is. So would you believe him? There would be reason to doubt yeah. That guy, there's no reason to doubt the other side that step by step is showing you how this is coming out. You know, the one person is preparing your food in a kitchen that's open and you're like, well, and the, you're seeing well, it come from the farm. You're seeing it prepared. Yeah. They all wash their hands. They brought it to your table. Here's the food. Yeah. And the other one is, is as told you they were going to give you some food. Well, yeah, I they already said not. that it was a mess when they were trying to distribute it. But I mean, I just think that Trump, it's in his interest to have as many people as possible cured. Because it's, it's, it helps the economy, which was his idea of why he would stay in, in power was that the people loved him because the stock market was it high. It doesn't matter if they're cured, though. He just needs to get them to vote for him in that period of time. And once he's done that, then he's fine. Like, whether they're cured or not doesn't fucking matter. No, it no, doesn't. it does. Because no, he why wants, would it matter? Because the, the economy cannot run if people are It doesn't are matter sick. the economy doesn't run. It, doesn't it does fuck, matter to him. No, that's, it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. Why do you think it's not important to him? Because he can be a fucking dictator. If he's doing, this, if he's doing the second round yeah. and he's been voted in as president the second round, yeah, he can gerrymander shit to where he's just going to be fucking president for life. Like he's fine. Like mm. it doesn't matter. Like the only reason he needs that the economy to be good yeah. is you know, he can say the economy is good, even if the economy isn't good. He can just out and out lie, but he needs the economy to be good to get the votes. Mm-hmm. And so he needs the uh, the vaccine in people's arms to get the votes and say you're going to be okay. Yeah, that's all he needs. Once they voted him in, and like he. 
did all this crooked shit to try to fucking win, yeah. you know, he was going to be fine. Yeah. If he got voted in the second time, he could gerrymander everything to the point where you could never get a Democrat in there again. You can't. You couldn't. He could do it. And he could be fucking El Presidente for fucking life. You just, you saw January 6th how far he was going to fucking go. Sure, sure. And that's with no power, you know? What if he was president? Holy shit, the second time. Well, he was president at that time. Mm-hmm. During, uh, in January 6th. Yeah. He but was he was a lame duck president with no power. He uh, couldn't do anything. Yeah. Except, you know, tell tell the goons to go do the stuff. You know, that guy plus yeah. all the power that there is. This, it's different. I think it's, I think it's, uh, I think it's a false uh, equivalence on, uh, on those two things. And not because I believe politically in one side over the other. I just think... When you see the actions of one side versus the other, I'm not talking about the politics, though. I'm talking, it's not about, the, politics. I'm talking about I'm not talking about the politicians. It's not politics. <laughs> I'm not talking about the politicians. I'm talking about the people. Yeah. Though the American people. Okay. What about them? you know that the both sides can be radicalized by social media? Right? It's not radicalized. It's like if one group of people lies to you consistently, yeah, and does nothing but lie to you consistently, sure. And the other side occasionally lies to you because it's <laughs> politics and they occasionally <laughs> sure, lie to you. Sure. That's different. And okay. then the one and then when the lying liars who are lying yeah. clearly lying to you, there's there's proof that they're lying, mm-hmm. you go, Hey, those are liars. And then the other side you looks at the other side and goes, Hey, they're they're liars. Well, one of you is correct and one of you is sort of correct. But one of you is way, 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 way more fucking correct. And 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 the only logical thing to believe is these are fucking liars. Yeah, that's not saying. Well, there you go. I guess you're radicalized. Your 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 politics are there. there you... No, no, you're right. One side is correct. One side is is you know is skeptical, and one side is just like out and out correct. Yeah, one thing for sure. Crashing China would really have bothered uh, Trump because the stock market is very down. Yeah, even more down than during COVID. I mean, it's still up higher than it mm-hmm. was, you know, three years ago or whatever. A year ago, but it's very down right now. Everyone, very down. Boo China. So there you go. That's that was our uh, political rantings. <laughs> your political rantings. <laughs> well, you were you were part of it. <laughs> I guess I was. I was a passenger. I felt like mm, uh, I don't know. I felt like you were throwing you, uh, gas on that fire. You had a, you, you were the ex- hey everybody splashy splashy. <laughs> you were very excited. I just thought it was I, inter- I thought it was a very. I just thought it was a sort of, sort of interesting uh, video. But anyway, I always you know that's a real big bone for me is you know. You know, both sides, okay, if we're going to say both sides, you know, sure. one side's sure. got a, a problem with being on fire, one side's got a problem with not being on fire. I guess it's equivalent. It's like, well, one side will burn you up. Let's bring in an expert on both sides. That's right. Let's bring in our expert of, for being on fire. <laughs> His screams of pain are adding a lot to this conversation. And he's got a book out. Ugh. <laughs> well, that's going to fit. Called I'm on Fire. Let's, let's just say one thing that will never fix anything is... I've got a book out. Mm. Mm. Great. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, that's good. It's a tell-all. Mm. Oh, great. Even better. That's fantastic. Even better. I just want to see someone bring out a cookbook mm. and just go, maybe that'll fucking help. Sure. Maybe that'll Can't help. Can't hurt. Can't hurt. At yeah. least you get some recipes out Except of it. Except for trees. That's true. And, and whatever you know, animals you kill to you know, <laughs> cook from the recipes. Maybe it's a vegetarian cookbook. We're still killing trees. Mm, that's true. Um, so I'm going to go to our letters. Yeah. Uh, because we're not doing uh, Dork Shadows this week because... Uh, we do it every two weeks now. Yeah. I just don't have time. You know why we don't do it? Meme culture. That's right. I saw a meme that said, don't dark shadow every day. And I was like, okay, if you say so, I got to believe right. you. I saw one that said, meme is murder. That's nice. I like that one. And if you go to Sneaky Dragon, 
uh, uh, sneaky underscore dragon on Twitter. Uh, it's the anniversary of uh, some ghost. Josette's first, the Josette's ghost's first appearance in the show. So uh, we have uh, linked to a little uh, picture of that. So, but uh, that was pre. That was uh, yeah. It was uh, what did I say? It's uh, PBDS, pre Barnabas Dark Shadows, right? Because um, yeah, that was an early. I haven't seen that part of it because when I started watching it, the original package I guess they released was from the arrival of Barnabas on. Okay. And they ignored like the first part of the the, the shows. They do have on um, Tubi. They do have Dark Shadows: The Beginning, which has all those episodes as part of it so it it goes up to 210 or whatever 213 whatever the episode was that barnabas appeared so you can get some of the backstory if you want do you want to know why that person was mad at that person or do you want to hear about roger's wife who was a phoenix it turns out that's a weird storyline that is a weird storyline if you want to watch that stuff you can watch the beginning by the time she becomes a phoenix we'll be rising Barnabas will be rising. What's a sitcom that took place in Phoenix? Ellis. Yeah, well done, you. Thank you. Based on the movie? Ellis doesn't live here anymore. There we go. Radically different than the uh, than the show. Based on the uh, zombie movie, Alice doesn't live anymore. That's true. Uh, last that's, a, that's a sad movie. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a zombie movie, so it's going to have a sad No, movie. I was just the original Alice doesn't live here anymore is a sad yeah. movie to me. It's a weird movie to make a... To make a sitcom out of it is because it's like a it's like is a, it an Altman movie? It's a Scorsese movie. Scorsese movie, okay. yeah. Before he got pigeonholed into you're a gangster movie director, am I? Because if you look at my career, it's very few films are great. No, no, you are a gangster movie director. And right, uh, Vic Tabeck is in both, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, he plays um, yeah Mel. And the woman who plays Flo in the movie played a waitress on the sitcom later and replaced Flo, I believe. I thought Flo was... What were the... Th- there's three Flo waitresses. Flo was Polly Holiday in the sitcom, and she was Diane... Diane, Diane Ladd. Diane Ladd. And Diane or Ladd... Di- was, sorry. No, no, not Diane. Diane... Sure? Diane... Uh, what's... Um, Diane Ladd. Yeah, I think that's right. Diane Ladd. That sounds, that sounds right Something to me like that, as well. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The mother... Diane Ladd, that's correct. The mother of... Uh, actress whose name i can't remember now who's in who's in uh, lots of david lynch movies and uh, i only get one click and then my computer won't let me go to the next thing. Uh, okay but you know like she's in laura dern laura dern yes the mother of laura dern but i believe diane ladd oh am i wrong on this i believe diane ladd then came onto the sitcom oh i feel terrible. no no she wasn't on the sitcom who was the second who was the second woman who i don't was know there was the red-headed lady, but she was uh, not That's played. Polly Holiday who played Flo, right. Oh, okay. Then there was a dark-haired lady then who played the uh, kind of dumb waitress. That's correct. And then after Flo left... Diane Ladd came on the show? I want wow. to say this is the case. I can't believe it. I, would I don't want to say it, but it is. <laughs> I feel... Let's see. She's uh, looking at a very Did you write a letter in? Well, just give us a second. We'll Diane Ladd did come on oh, to wow. the show. She played Belle Dupree. Wow, that feels like that feels like three episodes. It feels like she was, um, you know, whatever slumming. Like she was a movie actress. Why would she be doing that? But I guess you know, uh, money's money. Martha money's Ray. Honey. Martha Ray was also on that show. She replaced Mel. Philip McKeon, the 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 kid, uh, Tommy, yeah. on the show. He was uh, replaced. Brother of. That's a thing. Oh, let's go. Let's double down on this. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, so yes, uh, the the Nancy McKeon, Nancy McKeon from Facts of Life, yes. and oh, 
Uh, the kid in a uh, famous movie. Let's see. Um, a kid. A kid. Uh, and uh, the kid was... Kid was... <laughs> kid was... Come on. Come on. Don't do this to me. Uh, kid was... Uh, anyway, the little boy in On Golden Pond was also... Oh, it was also, also a McKeon. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. There we are. Okay. There so you go, everyone. That's... That's our McKeon trivia for the week. Your daily dose of McKeon trivia. In the time we've talked, we've gotten another letter on our email. Oh, that's cool. Did you, did you refresh it? it? I uh, did a little refreshing and uh, it came up. Uh, I can't refresh anything anymore because I think my computer's going to kick me off with this virus. So I'm going to, <laughs> right now, just read these things as quickly as I can. Last week, uh, we asked, have you ever been involved with a community activity? And uh, Dave, because we were talking about Dave's dental uh, situation, mm-hmm. uh, do you floss regularly? And if not, do you feel guilty? <laughs> Fred uh, Velez, or Valise, I don't know how to pronounce your name. Sorry, Fred. hope I'm pronouncing Fred correctly. Uh, question of the week. Have you been involved with uh, community activity? I was involved in community theater where I gained my love for theater. So did I. Um, do you floss regularly? Not as often as I should. Well, you know, if you, if you did, you might get more roles in community theater. You know, smile is uh, your best uh, uh, resume. That's no, not, not at all. <laughs> what uh, what, the, what uh, shows did you do? I'm curious, Fred. Let's see if we have any crossover here. I did Oliver. I did uh, Babes in Toyland. Uh, I did, uh, uh, well, I did uh, Fiddler on the Roof was high school. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, David and Lisa was also high school, junior high school. I've done plays. How dare you? How dare you question whether I've done you, plays? Did you remember the, uh, the Poe one? The what one? The Poe. The Poe. Oh, uh, the yeah, Telltale Heart. Telltale Heart. Yeah, did the, that. Did a lot of screaming in that. <laughs> um, yeah. Shut up, Heart. I did a lot of that. <laughs> You guys hear this heart, right? Oh, wait. I shouldn't have said that because I murdered that guy. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Oh, geez, oh you got me. And that was the telltale that heart. Was, I think that was the tattletale heart. Very, very short play. Yeah, it didn't last very long. Oof, that heart, huh? It's like, wouldn't have thought an old guy would have a heart like that, huh? But I murdered him, and that's what we got. Oh, nuts. No one else can hear this heart, huh? Just me. I don't uh, that's what. You, that's why you should always throw them in the sea. That's uh, that's a lesson learned from this. Don't bury them <laughs> under your floorboards. Um, Crystal writes. Yes. Sorry to be saying don't bury them under your floorboards and then write into Crystal. Sorry about that, Crystal. Uh, Ian and Dave, you're absolutely correct about people not wanting old books. We were talking about uh, them getting rid I of want uh, them. Tintin books. Oh, Dave wants your old books. Dave <laughs> will collect forty books from a from a value village like that. Yep. Um, you're absolutely correct about people not wanting old books. There's a lot of guilt involved with getting rid of old books, probably because books were valuable 100 years ago, and because we were all taught to take care of our books, don't mark them, don't dog-ear them, handle them carefully. Uh, people struggle with the thought of tossing books. It just feels wrong. Someone else will want it. Uh, it cost me good money, and so on. Mm-hmm. We were on the receiving end of a lot of the declutter guilt uh, that is working, I guess, at uh, the library. Uh, we get a call asking if the library takes donations. Yes, yes, we do. Someone shows up. With a pickup truck loaded to the brim with boxes of Aunt Ethel's Harlequin romances <laughs> and encyclopedias from 1972 Great. that have sat out in the woodshed for 20 years and are covered in cobwebs. And uh, the donors request the books to go into our collection for the whole town to enjoy. We say thank you, make them sign a donation form, giving us permission to do what we want. Then the books are given to waste maintenance <laughs> to be sold as bulk recycling paper. Unless it's something really cool, which may end up on our shelf or sold at a book sale. Pretty rare, I imagine. 
Uh, oh my goodness, have I ever been involved in a community activity? Remember that I wrote a few uh, weeks back about not being able to say no? Well, yeah. I wear a lot of hats mainly because we're a small town with a lack of people willing to help, but also because I'm so passionate about supporting our community that people will know they can rely on me to make the job easier. Go ask Crystal. She won't say no. She'll do a good job. <laughs> and that is one last thing for us to worry about. Right now, my staff and I are planning a costume contest, parade, opening ceremonies for our local fall festival. Cool. Three months ago, we were planning our annual community concert. Three months before that, we were planning our summer steam activities. Get the picture? Mm -hmm. It's not all bad, though. We've been uh, There have been awards and honors. My library was one of four national finalists for the 2021 Penguin Random House Library Award for Innovation for Creating Lasting Innovative Community Service Programs. Well, congratulations. You get applause from us. Yeah, very good. Um, or from me. Dave wouldn't applaud. Um, we, we, were, uh, we were the only small rural... A little late! Dave, it's the library. Okay. We were the only small rural library in the list of finalists and competed against big places like Los Angeles and New York City, uh, which bigger with bigger staffs and budgets that would make me cry if I knew exactly how much larger they are. Yeah. Last month, the Chamber of Commerce presented me with the 2001 Heart of the Community Award. Well, I hope you didn't bury it under floorboards. That was a mistake I made once. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's really good that you got that award. Made it about me. What a jerk I am. So chances are, if there's a community activity going on, I've been asked to be involved. <laughs> Flossing is important. People should floss. I should floss more regularly than I do. But you know what? I flossed while listening to this week's episode. Then brushed with Crest. Nice. Yay! You should get an award so for encouraging brand. good habits. Please sell Crest. Maybe they'll sponsor the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, our friend Louise writes, I floss regularly. I thought Louise would floss regularly. This I just want to say, sorry, I just want to, I just want to, before we go, move on from Crystal, I just want to, because I live in a smallish, I live in a, what was once a small town, everyone. Okay. Like Aldergrove was once like a remote area in, in the lower mainland where not a lot of people would bother to go. It was looked down on because it's a very working class community, very blue collar place. The houses weren't expensive. We had a lot of we had like kind of a broken down main street that was not working very well. Still doesn't work great because they decided to build a mall on either side of the town. Mm. But anyway, there was a lady in the town and she was like, she was the heart of Aldergrove. Oh. She like planned our parades. We had so many parades in Aldergrove. It was crazy. Like when, I came to the, when we came to that town, like I was not expecting to be moving into Parade Central. <laughs> but we had so many parades. We had like a Remembrance Day parade. We had the Santa Claus parade. We had our Fall Festival parade. We had a summer parade. We had, this is crazy. But it was great to have someone who was so into the community. And this made it feel like a... Uh, just feel like a place where you could be involved and have something to do. And unfortunately, and I'm not saying this was caused by her doing this, Crystal, so I don't want you to worry about it. She died of cancer. But oh. I say that because she is still remembered to this day for the, what she brought to the to the town. And, you know, like, it's funny, like, because of problems that Mary had at elementary school, we moved her out of Aldergrove into this uh, high school in a different community. And I kind of, and we did that with Eve as well, for no other reason than just because Mary was going to that school. But I've always kind of regretted that we did that. I wish that Eve had kind of stayed in Aldergrove and been part of that community. Because she, she was fine in school. She didn't have the problems that Mary did with a, with a very kind of strangely toxic grade that Mary was in. That's kind of famous for how dysfunctional it was as a grade. Like all the kids just, just didn't work very well together. It was a very weird group of kids and didn't, did not gel. 
And but I've got to say that even though there was, that was a problem in that grade, the parents were so involved in the kids' education, whether it was like you know sports day, hot dog day, working on committees, being part of the pack, the parents' committee. Uh, and Eve was like, and so Eve had like kind of foot in both camps. She still had friends who went to Aldergrove uh, High School. And so she went to like the, the, the high school stuff they did for grad. You know, they had like a grad fashion uh, show and all this stuff. And so we went to those in Aldergrove. By the way, I am completely listening to you That's while fine. I'm fixing something. That's on fine. Computer. Don't worry. And uh, this is not for you. This is for the people. Oh. This is for the sneakers, Ian. Right. And so then, um, you know, so she had to compare between both schools. The school that she that we moved the kids to had no parental involvement in it. Anything that happened was kid-driven. And it wasn't that much stuff because the kids can only do so much on their own, you know. Whereas Aldergrove, where it was very parent-driven, there was a lot of parental, you know, uh, um, act, you know, a lot of parental direction, and and not that they were like you know bulldozing the kids, but I just mean they were there to support what the kids wanted. They were right into it, right? Like, like when Mary graduated from elementary school, which believe me, I think is crazy. But anyway, we had like this big graduation ceremony where I literally drew eight giant posters of silhouetted French landmarks for this cafe, French cafe theme that was decided upon not by me necessarily, but it was decided, and I went, oh, that's fine, whatever. And we just had this great, you know, like this French theme. All the tables were done up with like, so it looked like a French cafe. And we were, Aww. the parents were waiters serving the kids. And we had, like I say, we had all this stuff on the wall decorating to make it look like it was more like they were in France. It was just nuts. It was nuts. Oh, that's so cool. But it was great. You know, and, and so I just, you know, I just think that, and I just find that really interesting. Like the small town, you know, con- connection of people. Whereas, whereas the girls moved, got moved to high school in a big, in an area that didn't have a sense of community because it was just a big suburb of another area, right? So there's yeah. no sense of connection of... Because we're... Like, like I said, at that time, Aldergrove was very remote. It's still kind of remote, but it's been... It's growing around us because everyone's like, oh, this is a good place to build because it's cheap and now we can all move out here and trample over everything. It's great. Um, so it's, it's it's sort of changing. But at that time, it was still very, very much a small place. It had like a, a sign that told you the population. That's how small it was. And... Um, so yeah, it's. Uh, I do think that's a great sign of a small town, and so I'm just saying, Crystal, I applaud you. I really do. I applaud the heart that you're bringing to your town, and you will always be remembered for what you've done. So, so I think that you should be proud of yourself. Yay! So anyway, go on with the next letter. Three cheers for for Crystal, or you know, a couple. A couple hip cheers. hip, huzzah! Uh, okay, so. Uh, Louise says, I floss regularly. Sorry, Louise, we interrupted your letter for that, but it was uh, it was worth it, right? You're not. We got we to gotta sing. <laughs> Louise some, is burning right we now. She, sing, is, we, re, she is full, full on rage. Louise is a good person as well. She's a very good person. She has won a Gemini Award. Louise is That's great. That's as big an award in Canada Louise as you is can great. get in, in TV. In fact, she just sent Lisa, my wife Lisa, a link to a uh, Paw Patrol episode episode that she wrote that was, was kind of... Um, uh, inspired by Lisa, it was a, it's a show jumping episode. So it has the the pups helping uh, at a at a, a sh- uh, at a jumping show. And so yeah, Lisa, we watched that on uh, YouTube yesterday. Cool. And I was very proud, and it made me think that we're gonna call we're gonna change horse mysteries. Oh. We're gonna call it Hoof Patrol. <laughs> Go on with the letter. Hoof. <laughs> Louise says, "I floss uh, for the third time." Yes. I floss regularly. 
This spring, on the Show advice off. of my hygienist, mm-hmm. uh, I started using a water pick and mouthwash daily to prevent gum disease. Uh-huh. Plaque between your teeth and below the gum line can turn into tartar, yep. which can lead to bacterial infections and tooth decay. That sounds like big tooth. I've watched my elderly mom suffer from painful gums and abscessed teeth, and I hope to avoid that. So floss, your future self will thank you. I've my whole life I've said fuck my future self, so I don't know why I will change now. But I'll take your advice. I will every day think about flossing. I think the mushrooms Ian was talking about are morels, mm. and that's the morel of the story. <laughs> oh, 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 Aesop, you've done it again. <laughs> My niece came out to BC to pick a morels a few years ago. They were growing in areas burned by wildfires. Hmm. Let's hear it for wildfires. Yay. Some are necessary. Almost as, Some import- are necessary. Almost as important as crystal. Uh, we had to... We had a burning wildfire. Uh, she had to carry a bear, bear, bear bangers, noise flares, yeah. in case of bear attacks. Yeah. Oh, I, I thought bear bangers were something very different. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um... <laughs> that is not a good way to stop a bear. <laughs> but hey, if playing dead doesn't work, I guess. Defend it. Yeah, it's like, hey, what, what do we do? If it I'm a happily married bear. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> Ranger Smith, I'm not into that. <laughs> I don't know, Yogi. This seems like a bad idea. Uh, the morels are dried in the uh, field and then sold to brokers. I'm so sorry, Louise. You wrote a nice letter. We're interrupting you a lot. Uh, then sold to brokers. She gave us a couple of Ziploc bags of them. Mm. I'm not that fond of mushrooms, but morels are extremely tasty, rehydrated, and cooked up in an entree or as a side dish. Agreed. I don't think I've ever had morels. But when they're in Ziplocs, they feel like they were magic mushrooms. She probably gave you some magic mushrooms. Yeah. Um, Did you meet the devil? Did you meet the devil? Did he give you ideas for Paw Patrol? (laughs) Why don't the dogs and cats uh, work together and uh, fight the mice? Look, uh, we appreciate it. It's okay. You obviously have not watched the show. Okay, uh, wait a second. How about a ferret? Uh, look, devil, we, we're good. We're good. We're full up on ideas. Hamsters. Have you got hamsters? Uh, we're good. Thanks. Thanks, devil. Um, Lisa writes, question number two. Yes, I floss regularly okay. for uh, the whole week before I visit the dentist once every six months. Like clockwork. That counts as regular, right? And yes, I do feel guilty. I think me claiming I floss regularly is not fooling my dentist. Question number one. Yes, I have been involved in community activities. When the girls were in elementary school, I tried hard to attend uh, PAC meetings and helped out uh, when I could at regular school, like hot dog day and seasonal, things like the September barbecue or the Halloween carnival. I also served on the school planning council through church. We were involved in the garden to table initiative, which was a bit of a double header. We had uh, maintained a community garden. We had to maintain it. We had to maintain. I saw a slash. So I was reading directly what was written. <laughs> yeah, I think she... Uh... Uh, one summer, I was uh, I was dropping by. I'm correcting spelling as we go. <laughs> by twice a day to do the watering. And that morphed into feeding the homeless disadvantaged in the area. In the equine community, I have been involved in the Canadian Pony Club for decades and volunteer regularly in a number of capacities. But... Probably the most predominant, most predominantly as the current national education chair. Oh, that gets some applause too. Really, Dave's slow on this. Not really. He was like, I don't wanna. I'm like, just, just, I'm, just I have my hands in a different place than you, so yeah, it's hard for me to get. Please stop having your hands in that place. <laughs> I was lucky to grow with I'm a mom. Just to get excited by morels. <laughs> 
I was lucky to grow up. We're talking about her mom right now. Okay. I got to transit into this. So we got to class up the thing. I'm going to do sure. it by this. I'm going to say this about mushrooms. Yeah. While we were talking, yeah. one of the things I was doing was ordering pizza. Because oh. I realized the movie is at nine. Oh. So we're going to have to eat here. Yeah. But I think it's, I think it's going to be okay. Okay, cool. I got some stuff from Little Caesars. Oh, nice. I think you like Little Caesars. I right? love it. Very good. See, we've talked enough about that. I've forgotten <laughs> what we're talking about. Now I can get back to your uh, nice uh, person here's letter. Sure. Uh, I was lucky to grow up with a mom who thought it was vital to support and volunteer in a range of community activities, which she did, serving in PAC, the local community club, uh, the local co-op, the Arthritis Society, and a bunch of equestrian organizations. Uh, cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Lisa has, yes, Lisa is uh, beloved in pony club circles. And so is her mom. You do, you do make an impact, Crystal. That's what I'm trying to say. Like when her mom died, there was tons of people there that just came just to say their respect, you know, pay their respects for someone who just impacted their life so much. No, that's know? really nice. Yeah, it is nice. You know, Dave, mm-hmm. in the olden days when we were doing this podcast, when we were young men, <laughs> yes. we were clean of face. Clean Truly. of face. And uh, and uh, and we did not have the crow's feet, so our shoes felt fit well. <laughs> uh, How did our shoes feel? Uh, they fit great. Oh, okay. Uh, we had more hair on our heads. It's true. Uh, and uh, we we were we were younger. Our skin was tighter. <laughs> yes. And back in those days, <laughs> thank you. When we read our letters, yeah, they would end traditionally, yes, with a letter from Edward Dragansky. It's true. On the, as on, regular as clockwork. Absolutely. We, and as we said, with regular as clockwork, that was a lie in the last letter that Lisa was saying. Uh, it's a way <laughs> to lie to your dentist. Uh, but Edward is, has gotten, he's, he's, he's the last letter of our webpage. We have had emails as well. We will read those emails as well. But, but. Yes. Edward is his rightful spot uh, on our webpage. Unless yeah. someone has written, while I've been reading these, in which case. Mm, not so, but possibly Edward might have written again, yeah, and tagged someone else's letter as he is wont to do. Sure, but let's just read Edward's letter now and see what's what. Yeah, I'm proud to say that the owners of my company, Idea Planet, uh, take part in quite a bit of philanthropy. Idea Planet is predominantly uh, a, in a predominantly Jewish part of Dallas, and the two and my two owners, also Jewish, are involved with the local community. Hmm. This was a good question. Good for me asking this question, right, Dave? It's great. Yeah. Really happy. It's it's making it's getting some nice stories out of this. It's working out. Yeah, I'm a good question asker. Sure are. Yeah, you should compliment me more on things like that. <laughs> when you're doing it so much, so well. No, 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 no. I'm, no pretty, I'm pretty good. I would I'm, say, I would say, no one could top your own com- compliments to yourself. You know what? Yeah. Thank you so much. I you're appreciate welcome. that. You're welcome. Okay, back to uh, Everdrance. <laughs> there are two Jewish schools nearby, yeah. which we're involved with, as well as the fire department across the street, which we brought meals to. One owner has a lake house southeast of Dallas that we visit every summer, and we always have something lined up as far as community service. In my 11 years with the company, we've worked uh, the food bank many times, sent care packages to troops overseas, visited elder homes, handed out food vouchers dressed as superheroes. <laughs> Aw, do you have pictures? Please, please send us pictures. And even uh, painted a disabled woman's house and built a wheelchair ramp for her. Well, that's fantastic. That's great. I got a clap. We've got to clap again. And again, Dave, a little slow. little slow. Where were his hands? I'm sitting on my hands. Where were his hands? Are, hand, you, guess, are you cold? Maybe I'm a little cold. I don't know. I've got a heater here. I can turn a common, it on. It's a common way for me to sit with my, hand, with my okay. hands under my thighs. All right. I don't know why. Every time he pulls his hands up, they do this. <laughs> and it's like, ooh. Yay. Where were those? Uh, They're a little clammy. 
The two owners are extremely... I'm sorry, these are really sweet stories, and I'm interrupting <laughs> You're messing them up. Horrible things. But you know what? You're doing a great job messing them up. It's oh, probably some of the oh, best messing you. I've ever seen. I appreciate you complimenting yeah, me Yeah, no more. problem. The two owners are extremely generous guys, and even though we haven't uh, been to the lake house in over two years because of COVID, we've found other ways to get involved near the office. The food bank I mentioned actually moved right up the street from us, so it's really easy to volunteer now. Hmm. We also had a clothing drive during the winter and collected hundreds of coats for those who needed them. Yes, it does get cold here sometimes. I'm proud to say my company always has something around the corner for us to get involved in, and it's a great feeling. Well, that is fantastic. I do fl- Back to flossing, though. I do <laughs> floss regularly because yeah. I love the way it feels, and I have tight teeth. Wow. Mm-hmm. I think you're in a minority of one. Uh, taking it, to- I kind of like flossing myself, i got to say, Dave. I'm sorry. Well, you're so good at flossing. I d- oh, thank you very much. <laughs> taking it, to- uh, you know, it means less now that you're saying it so much. Taking into uh, into the uh, uh, account- economic benefits of flossing, I figure it's cheaper to pay three seventy nine for floss every other month than it is to pay for a costly root canal. Keeping in mind, keeping that in mind, will always remind you why it's important, especially if you can't afford it. There you go. According to some of the mushroom talk you guys ha- had going, I took a lo- adding to some of the mushroom talk you okay. guys had going. Yeah, I took a logic class when I was in junior college back in '87. Mm. The class was taught by an old hippie turned yuppie. So there were uh, so there were uh, uh, two uh, two of those quasi intellectual types in the class with me. There were two quasi intellectual types in the class with me. However, there was one guy in the class, Colin Kringle. Who looked like what a been, name? Yeah, I know. I think he's Santa Claus. Who looked like he had been magically transported from 1967 wow. on honest to goodness counterculture hippie. My God, he looked the part too, with his sandals, fringe jacket, John Lennon granny glasses, and headband. Colin was almost a Tommy Chong clone. <laughs> anyway, he was always carrying around a huge binder and assorted folders, just a ton of stuff on paper. We asked him one day, "Hey, Colin, what is all that? What are you carrying around there?" Colin looked into space. And around the room, as this to tell us a secret he didn't want anyone to hear. Mm-hmm. Not even God. Quietly, call, God can't hear hippies. <laughs> Quietly, that seems, you that go seems, to church, you know It's that. definitely provable, yeah. Yeah, you can't, uh, you know, can't make it through all that hair. <laughs> Quietly, Colin whispered, I'm working on a book about mushrooms, man. Been working on it for years, man. Then just nodded for about 30 seconds. Wow. I sometimes wonder what happened to old Colin Kringle. Maybe he finished his mushroom book. Or maybe the mushrooms got the best of him. <laughs> or maybe he got back in his time machine to 1967, man. That's where he belongs. I'm going to bet that book uh, was full of rolling paper. <laughs> <laughs> sure. His map hey, to the best places to find shrooms, whatever man. Whatever happened to Colin Kringle? Whatever happened to the past? I would like to have a song about Colin Kringle, please. Now let me just refresh this to see if oh. anyone wrote us... Uh, since uh, I started, yeah, continuing, continuing, and will it uh, tell me? Oh, you can't go to Sneaky Dragon because they're uh, full of bad stuff. Nope, not true. That was it. Dave, would you mind reading our emails? I wouldn't week? mind at all. We got we got a few emails today. Well, over the last couple of days. Any from Colin? Oh man, what was Colin Kringle? <laughs> Colin Kringle wrote to say, mm, "I love mushrooms." Mushrooms, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Mushrooms, mushrooms, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> so, uh, Kane and Grawl wrote, I'll need to see if there's a, he wrote, his subject was me-mail. <laughs> okay. He says, hey, you fresh pair of sneakers. Firstly, 
I believe you asked, after my last letter, if the strong woman I was referring to, mm. who I met on Granville Island, was Mama Lou, she of the ripping a phone book in half trick, and you were indeed correct. I also saw her in Montreal and had dinner with her there. She made some kind of Asian stir-fry and got lots of and got lots of great stories and perspectives of life on the road as a busker. She'd even been to a busker's festival in Australia. I made her a comic too, which I've attacked. Which, sorry, which I attacked. Which, which I've I attacked. attacked oh, that's terrible. I <laughs> would not attack her. You will not win that fight. That is a bad idea. She will rip you in half. <laughs> which I've attached to the email for yous to look at. There was also a busker in Montreal I got to talk to who climbed a ladder of knives and he showed me his feet which were almost severed in two on the soles. He said he was a few climbs away from completely severing them and being unable to walk if he wasn't careful. I mean, holy hell, learn to juggle! (laughs) On the topic of favorite sitcom episodes, there was a great episode of Scrubs where Brendan Fraser returns as Dr. Cox's ex-brother-in-law, Ben, who we remember as a lovable goof from his previous appearance. But in this episode, he's following Dr. Cox around the hospital, being generally annoying. And halfway through, JD asks Dr. Cox who he's talking to, and it turns out Ben passed away from leukemia, and Dr. Cox is in denial, avoiding attending his funeral. Talking to a Ben who wasn't there. It was a gut punch on the first watch, and still brings a tear to the eye whenever I see it again. That was a really good episode of that show. And that was a really good show. Agreed. The other topic I missed was giving things up and have a couple of those. In 1980... 19... Let me just straight read that again. Let me read that like a person. That sounded like I was just <laughs> going to keep saying the same word over... In 1998, I gave up Coke for the whole year as my New Year's resolution. Just Pepsi. I was having heart palpitations oh. at only 19, 19 years old. Yeah. My gosh. From drinking way too much Coke. Probably a liter a day at least. Yeah. That's a lot. Are you say are you commiserating? I'm Sympathizing? Commiserating. I think back then that was probably me too. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. Probably a liter a day at least. So I gave it up. Cold turkey. I can see a liter a day of Slurpees, but Coke, come on you guys. <laughs> so I gave it up cold turkey. It was hard for the first few weeks, but I did it. And when New Year's ninety eight rolled around, I had a Coke and wasn't fussed about having one, and I've barely drunk it since. Favoring Sprite or flavored milk. Like a true adult. I've also given up comics a few times when cash flow was low, Mm. even selling large swaths of my collection to make rent, and that's always hard. I always pick it up again when times get better, though. After my brain surgery, I gave up sugar for a while, not going keto, because that's not what keto means, of course. That's like a full-on doctor-monitored diet, but people like to throw that word around. I was just on a low-carb, low-sugar diet, and it lasted quite a long time. Until we took a trip back to Australia, and I was confronted by all my favorite childhood treats, and it all just flew out the window and into my stomach. Fudgy the Frog. Crock-a-chock. Yes. A dangerous spider sugar blasters. Yeah. There's good chocolate in Australia. I don't blame you for that. That's not a knife. That's a chocolate bar. (laughs) That's one of my favorites. It's shaped like a knife. Shaped like a knife, yeah. But you put it in your mouth. It'll cut the shit out of your mouth. But it is delicious. Yeah, and don't step on it. It'll sever your feet. Yeah. Which brings me to the biggest thing I've given up by far. Australia and all its magnificent treats. Mm. For favorite female action star, I'm going to put forward a lesser-known actress, for action anyway, Hannah John Kamen, oh. simply for Killjoys. 
I don't know the show. One of my favorite TV shows of recent times. She was also Ghost in Ant-Man and the Wasp. And okay, is set, yeah, yeah. And is set to be Jill Valentine in a Resident Evil reboot. All right. And has the titular role... Titular? In a Red Sonja movie. Oh, see? I did oh, have a no, point. That yeah, that's right. That's, right, that's, yeah, that's okay. right. Titular role in a Red Sonja movie, which is great. Which is about as action-y as you can get. Set to be... Uh, set to be regular female Schwarzenegger, as if there's an irregular female Schwarzenegger. Yeah. I'm behind on Why the Last Man, but definitely watching it. And I believe, Ian, you're referring to Diana Bang as the person you are excited to see pop up in episode five? Correct. Only because you talked about her in previous podcasts a couple of times before. Correct. And I would just like to say, I know exactly who you are talking about because she popped up very recently in episodes of Resident Alien on Sci-Fi. Yes. I remember checking the credits for her name because when I saw her on screen, I figured she has got to be related to Andrea Bang of Kim's Convenience fame. That is correct. As they look very similar and have very similar mannerisms. And what the heck did we do before IMDb? It's like we all gave up our memory. <laughs> what? Kanan. Don't own a horse. Don't floss. Don't contribute to society. Thank you very much, Kanan. Not for not contributing to society. You do. But very much so. Can we can we put the um, cartoon up? Is that possible? I'll do what I can. All right. I'll do what I can. It's a very good cartoon. I will also put up um, the card that Louise sent us for her cousin who was here picking mushrooms. Oh, yes, yes, yes. She sent that to us and I we will. We have uh, very talented uh, uh, people we listening. We do, we do. So I will post that. Um, and uh, Diana Bang also is known for uh, being one of the main characters in the movie The Interview. Uh, the Seth Rogen film. Oh, that's uh, right. Film. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, uh, which, you know, almost caused a war. <laughs> well, it definitely caused the studio to get its in- emails invaded. Oh, boy. <laughs> so we have another email from... Would love to hear it. Our friend, one-time uh, Sneaky Dragon question and answer show winner... That sounds Laurel, right. Laurel Robertson. Good, good, good. That's how many times you should win. She gave hers the amusing name, no subject. <laughs> She says, hello, David and Ian, and hello, sneakers. I'm writing an email today, so you, David, will have something to read, especially since it's not a Dork Shadows week. Thank you for knowing that, and thank you for letting me read. I hope you're all doing well. I was laughing out loud this week, listening to you, Ian, yakking it up about tabbing on the CV. I'm still cracking up thinking about it. (laughs) (laughs) Both of you just kill me at various points in every show, and I love those belly laughs so much. But who makes you laugh more, Laurel? Please write it. We have to laugh every day, right? I know it's Ian. It's fine. We have to laugh every day, right? I appreciate some compliments. Thank you. Yes, Ian needs those. Keep, I know, I like compliments too. Keeps the joy in life even when things get a little tough. Tough stuff for me lately. The end of summer, I lost not one, but two beloved cats within three weeks of each other. Pearl was 10 and Hank was 21. That seems pretty old. That's an old cat. That's sad. That's that's substantial, yeah. Yeah, and, but so close together. That cat scenes. Yeah, yeah. That is hard, though. Yeah. It gave up a life every three years. Oh wow, that's weird math. Okay, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> then September eighth. Oh man, I went from this to this. Oh my gosh, I feel like I, know, I should start the whole thing. letter again. Look, I, we've done a lot of episodes. <laughs> I don't even know if we number them anymore. Yes. But I would say this episode. Yeah. Has the worst transitions we've ever fucking had. <laughs> <laughs> I really think it feels like this. They all feel like this. They all feel just just like, you know. And then I walked outside and I stepped in shit with my bare feet. I mean, there's no worse feeling. Anyway. What about marshmallows? Cancer. 
<laughs> I guess cancer's worse. <laughs> cancer's Jesus. worse. Okay. What about marshmallows? Let me start. <laughs> Wait, if you step on a marshmallow yeah. and you step on some shit, yeah. you're telling me that a marshmallow's worse? I was just, I was just, I was, that was a transition to marshmallows from that. Oh my gosh. How do we transition to a different podcast? <laughs> Oh my gosh! Oh, anyway, so let me start this again because this is this is terrible. By the way, if anyone wants to know who I am, uh, Graham Clark is my name. <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry, Laurel. Really sorry, Laurel. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna start really, again. Really, I'm gonna start sorry, this paragraph Laurel. again because it because I just feel like me a jerk. too. I, I feel, feel like a jerk. I, I feel like something I stepped on and it wasn't a marshmallow. <laughs> <laughs> And, right. and Dave is really laughing disrespectfully. Oh, At least I'm being respectful and I'm not laughing. Oh, man. But Dave is laughing with disrespect. Killing me. Killing me. I know. Tough stuff for me lately. The end of summer, I lost not one, but two beloved cats within three weeks of each other. Pearl was 10 and Hank was 21. Then, September 8th, my beloved dad passed away. COVID-related stuff that got him, even though vaccinated, oh, one shit. month short of his 90th birthday. So sorry to hear that, Laurel. Two weeks before my dad died, I did go down to a Humane Society pet fair just to look, which Uh my husband thought was pretty funny because he knew I wouldn't be coming back alone. Of course he was right. I brought home a sweet five-month-old Siamese mixed kitty now named Elsa and a 12-week-old white, black, and caramel-colored tabby named Etta. My father was glad to hear I hear that I had new kitten life in the house and they have brought me so much joy even in the middle of the sorrow. I'm glad that had like a sort of happy bar to it. Yeah. That is really nice. The It's nice too when you have uh, the two cats. Um, you know, it's just good for cats to be in pairs. Mm-hmm. Is that know? right? Yeah. They just got each other. So it's, like. It's funny because like the the cat species that is like the basis of cats, like where cats were domesticated from, is a cat that like will not, will not live within a mile of another cat of its species. Like, they have, like, a huge territory they live in. This yeah. is in Africa. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting that, that we've domesticated them, and then they've also, we've also made them more social with each well, other. Well, the story, yeah, the story that you hear over and over and over again is, like, we have this cat, and this cat <laughs> was just the most antisocial cat we were. And then we're yeah. like, we got another cat. We're like, oh, boy, yeah. this is going to be a problem. Mm. And now they're both super happy. And, like, they're, they're, there's something about being around the other cat that, like, yeah. chills them out, or, you know, mm. especially if it's, like, a younger cat or something. The cat just see. goes... I'm the parent now. Well, yeah, yeah. Whereas our cat, Risa, the reason we got her, because someone, uh, Lisa read about her on a message board for teachers, and someone was offering her for adoption. And so Lisa contacted her and said, oh, I'm sorry, you're too late. Someone else uh, already asked and is going to take them for her cat. Right. Because she wanted a companion for her cat. Well, it turned out they did not get along at, at all, and so oh. that's how we ended up getting Risa. Okay. So I guess that can happen too. So Laurel finishes by saying, oh, she doesn't finish, but she, she says... Um, let me just say, and they have brought me so much joy, even in the middle of the sorrow. Mm. And as you do every week, you have, you all have brought me joy too. Thanks, guys, so much. Oh, oh you're, you're going to make us all choke up. I'm getting, like... a little, I'm getting a little teary-eyed, sorry. Yeah. To answer a few recent questions, yes, I've owned a couple of horses. A quarter horse named Micaiah and a beautiful gray Arabian named Shadow. A few years ago, we sold them together to a nice family because my daughter had moved out. And we weren't riding so much anymore. That's good that they're still getting ridden. That's good for horses. Community service for me has consisted mostly of many events as president of the local beekeeping club to raise awareness of the importance of bees. Oh, well, I've heard there's a lot of buzz about them lately. That's true. Everyone's going apiarist about it. I also have been involved <laughs> with a couple of community plays in various places I've lived, 
Hope to do so again. <laughs> Ian was applauding me silently. I was applauding. <laughs> I like the big joke. I wanted to do a joke about the quarter horse thing. Okay. Saving up, saving up for the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. As to flossing, I really like what Lisa says. And I have always been a flosser like crazy just before a cleaning appointment. But now I'm proud to say I floss virtually daily. Oh, so you don't actually floss. Just on the VR. Just on the VR. <laughs> but only because a weird gap has developed in my teeth where stuff gets stuck in between two of them all the time. So it's a necessity. All right. I'm out. Take care all and have a fab and joy-filled week. Laurel Robertson. Thank well, you so you know, much, Laurel. you know what? When someone says they're out, then I know that they're done yep. with their letters. You won't hear you from know, me. And, and it would be dishonorable at this point yeah. for them to say any more. Say any more at all. Is there, is there anything else letters-wise? Uh, actually, there's a letter. The subject is P.S. Oh, well, who's that from? Uh, that's from Laurel Robertson. <laughs> what? <laughs> feels feels like someone's What broke, if it's super tender? Broke oh my gosh, I'm being an asshole again, right? <laughs> and then what if it's super tender? Like it's something really tender right now. <laughs> oh my gosh, what if it is? That's right. She says. Oh no. She says right away, dear Ian, I have something I want to talk to you about. No, it doesn't oh, say no. That at all. Oh no. <laughs> it says hello again, Ian and David. Maybe this will get to you before you get to letters. I meant to say, in answer to another recent question of the week, one of my favorite female action characters is Uma Thurman in Kill Bill. I've only seen that movie once. And it's been several years, but I always remember loving the action scenes when she's just whooping up on everybody. <laughs> it was wild, and I loved it. Also, I reread the previous note I wrote, and the timeline on the passing of my cats and dad is kind of off. It doesn't matter, but it bothered me. My brain is just a little screwy right now. Take care. Laurel. Bracket again. Listen, bracket. let me just say this much about that. It's like, with emotional events, timelines get screwed up. Mm -hmm. That's part of... There's a different part of your brain, and it's time, and... And, and grieving and love and stuff. And yeah, it all mixes up. So don't worry about that yeah. at all. We're not going to fact check you. Dave was fact checking you. <laughs> Dave, was, Dave had a little chart up yeah, and he I was did. like, he had these red twine. I twined, was, going, and, pointing here and, and pointing like, there. None of this makes sense. None of this makes sense. I twined to a picture of Macariah and a twine to a picture of Hank. I don't even know where I got these pictures from, but I. Yeah. There was a picture of Garfield that was up there for some reason. <laughs> it was a, and they yeah. circled the word lasagna yeah. with a question mark. Well, I had next another twine going down to the picture of lasagna. Yeah. Where did Lyman go? Yeah. Is normal Garfield. There was another twine going to Mondays. Where's the Heathcliff connection? <laughs> yeah, a lot of that stuff. So don't worry about that. A picture of Heathcliff twined to a to a fish skeleton that somehow is completely intact. I have no idea how that happens. But... Right, he always like is eating fish skeletons. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Anyway. Well, that's a weird cat. Did we cat. mention once upon a time I was going to write a Heathcliff movie? Yeah, almost. Happened. I didn't know that. That almost happened. Yeah. But you thought it was Heathcliff from Wuthering Heights, and then when you found it with a cat, you were so disappointed you stormed off the set. I thought it was Heathcliff the cat doing Wuthering Heights. Oh, that's better actually. Oh man, that'd be so good if that Heathcliff showed up. <laughs> oh, how Kathy, the ghost of Kathy, tapping at the window, and there's Heathcliff the cat. Sure. Here's a, here's with his pulling his skeleton fish out of his mouth yeah here's a here's a question like yeah. you know you know comics right okay. i do know comics you've read heathcliff comics i have read heathcliff comics okay here's a question basic sure. question see if yeah. you can answer it sure can he talk no he doesn't talk i don't believe so well i couldn't well, tell you whether he could talk or not no i think it's a silent comic you just completely silent isn't it yeah it's, yeah okay. it's just a one page it's like a one it's one panel isn't it yeah yeah I, I, I don't know, maybe he does. I always thought it was like a mime, or pantomime sort of thing, not mime. I'm, I'm betting you're right. I was just thinking, like, I don't know whether he can talk or not. Yeah. Okay, that's all. Marmaduke, like that Marmaduke first, can't talk, but Fred Bassett can. I like that the first question that comes up, 
uh, with Heathcliff. Sure. It's like it's like it's, is Heathcliff bad? I think. Well, I think that's the Heathcliff from Wuthering Heights. And yeah, yes, you're right. Yes, he is bad. He is a bad person. Okay. He's a very bad person. He comes back to destroy a family. Yes, they weren't very nice to him when he was a son of a servant, but still, you know. Anyway. All right. I'm not the biggest Wuthering Heights fan, but I think it's more because I when I read the book, the teacher, my English teacher. She was, or professor, she was madly in love with Heath, Heathcliff. Mostly madly mm. in love with the Laurence Olivier yeah. portrayal of Heathcliff in the film, which I just found kind of icky because, you know, he's a brute and a, and a meanie. And I just think it's weird when, when people ide- idealize uh, brutish behavior Fair enough. as being romantic. No, that's not romantic. That's, that's yucky. Like, we're, we don't, we like Darcy, but we don't, we don't romanticize Darcy's uh, rudeness and 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 bad behavior to to Eleanor. We we celebrate him because he falls in love with Eleanor, who we already love in the story. That's what makes Darcy great. That he recognizes what we already know that Eleanor is the greatest. You know, and then we also learn that Darcy is a pretty cool guy himself. I'm going to ask. Generous. I'm going to ask a literary question this week. Sure. Who's your favorite uh, character from a book? Oh, I love it. Yeah. Is that? And then we have the other question that I can't remember, but we'll... we'll... I think it was like, how are you getting uh, through things? What are you doing? I think it was one of those. Was that one of those? No, that wasn't it. Okay, what was it? It was one we just kind of stumbled upon near the beginning of the All show. All right, well, you'll listen, you'll listen to I'll, the episode. I'll listen to this episode and I'll, and I'll go, find ah, it. that. That will be our, our second question, everyone. All right. Well, our pizza's <laughs> coming in two minutes. Oh, cool. Well, let's, uh, let's, let's wrap up. Because um, otherwise the cheese will get cold. Let me let, do that long cheese pull. Let me let people know how they can reach us in the most common ways. So, everyone, uh, we have a website. It's called SneakyDragon.com. You can go there. It's perfectly safe, no matter what Ian's computer says. Mm-hmm. You can go there, and uh, you'll find our show. And underneath the show, you'll find a place where you can leave comments. And many of you know that, because you do leave comments quite regularly. There's a place for you somewhere in my pants. <laughs> and so, what? That took a strange turn. I, I know. I didn't write the song, though. And now let's read a very tender letter that we got from someone. <laughs> So you could go to the website, leave a leave a comment there, or if you uh, would prefer my mellifluous tones reading your letter, you may write an email at sneakyd at sneakydragon dot com. That is our email address. Oh, that's interesting. Whether people want to hear you or me read it, they know how to how to do it. Oh boy, that just became an interesting contest. All right, it's not a contest. Maybe maybe you know, it's, it's not. Maybe it's, it is. It's only a contest if there's a challenge involved in it. Mm. You know, like if there's actual like competition. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> I like how I pretend like I actually have any confidence. Ridiculous. That was a character I play called Mr. Confidence. Uh, we are on Twitter. It's uh, sneaky underscore dragon. And we have a Facebook page, which is called Sneaky Dragon as well. We can see the theme. We can see the theme. So everyone, let's, uh, let's end the show with a common thing I like to hear people say to us. And I think it's quite, kind of fun. Uh, keep on sneaking. And we'll see you next week. Oh, what'd I step on? Oh, a marshmallow. (laughs) That's the worst thing there is. You know, Ian, that was the great way to end the show. episode there you go move it closer right. move it closer even closer right into think, your face i don't think there is closer right into your face i think that's it
right, right. So your nose is stuck as against far as it. that goes. <laughs> I may use this guy in the future. I got a uh, a microphone, like a proper microphone, microphone, like it's in stand up comedy microphone. Okay, so that's a little get, different. That's yeah. a bit different than because then you have to have your mouth right to it. Yeah, that's fine. I can a dynamic, I die the dynamic microphone. Yep. And Are you gonna got, like hold uh, it the whole time? What's that? Are you gonna hold it? Yeah. I think so. Does that make you more comfortable? Yeah, I think so. Huh. We'll uh, we'll see. I also got a I got some um, I don't know what you call the things that you put on top of the microphones, the mic condoms, but I got those. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you mean? A puff ball? Yeah, a little puff ball. Or you can do like mic things where you're like gonna talk back and then you're gonna be there's gonna be forward again. And <laughs> sure, why not? Uh, you can't hear what I hear. I was that was impressive. Yeah, good. Uh, yeah.